guys, welcome back to Headline News with Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. I'm not going to forget this date. It's January 6, it 2023, is. two years to the day of Pelosi's Fed surrection. And we're going to get into a little bit of that today uh, on, on our Bright End show, a little bit more later on our after show. But today, for you guys, what we have is the Speaker of the House vote. We've got Lauren Bober who has uh, nom- excuse me, nominated, I can speak, uh, Byron Donalds. Matt Gates nominates Donald Trump as Speaker of the House. There's a lot of conspiracy theories around all of that. And we could have a speaker after, right after our show tonight. You know, it's probably going to be McCarthy. I, I feel like they're not going to hold out. Do you think they're going to hold out? No. I don't either, but they gave a great show of it. But we're going to get into all of that and so much more coming up right after these messages. And, of course, it wouldn't be headline news with resistance chicks without a couple of Biden flubs. So those are going to be fun yeah, at the end. Have to thank all right. Him for that. <laughs> exactly. We'll see you guys right after this. Nearly. All- so even though we don't actually see you guys as you're tuning in from your, you know, comfortable couches at home or taking us on the road. I've missed you all. We've had two weeks of reruns here on Brighteon. So it's really nice to be back in the saddle again. Okay, I'm not going to sing for you. But Glenn Beck in a minute here is going to explain just what exactly are these now 20 holdouts in the house demanding of we're McCarthy actually, in order to down to like for. six so we're so a lot of have dropped off well it started out with 20 yeah so I want to I want to take you guys through this week's uh chaos roller coaster in the, in the house but let me first say this the house and the senate are boring it's yeah. like watching rock drive move no rocks moving would be way more fascinating because rocks don't move I know you mean it, it's just like watching rocks? Watching rocks move. No, that, that's what I mean. Like rocks don't move. Oh, I so get it. So watching okay. rocks move. That they, was the funny. Senate and the House funny. act like they do stuff. They do. It's like watching the Grand Canyon, you know, get bigger every day. And I feel Deeper like. Deeper every day. Mm, bad example. Because I feel like the Grand Canyon would be way more fascinating than watching. Let's stick with my paint dry analogy okay. there. Right. I was saying watching it, watching it go deeper every day. Okay. Okay. Watching it. So they don't. But my point is you don't see them do anything. But actually. This week, while they have been held up from, you know, seating their committees and getting on with business, I have heard so many um, just hyperbolic statements from these babies. Wah, okay, Jan- Dan wah. Crenshaw, Crenshaw uh, went on Fox News to say that the holdouts um, for voting for McCarthy were terrorists. Uh, the Both the left and the right are saying this is embarrassing. They were supposed to have a speaker voted on um, just a few days ago, and I'm telling you, them not seating the speaker, them not getting on with business, has they've been had to the best show thing. up to work. Well, they've had to show up to work and debate, and it's been great to actually see people debate like the, like in the olden days. Yeah. Okay. When actually the house actually did things. Okay. And Glenn Beck is going to uh, explain to us. Why watching the House hearings are so incredibly boring because it it gets down to um, one person proposes a bill and it bypasses 
what Congress was set up to be, which was to debate something and then to vote on it. How many times have we watched debates take place and they're not actually debates, they're just one person standing with a couple of other people in, in the, the room, room waiting for their turn to speak and no one is there listening to these, the speeches being made. These bills, they go through committee and then they drop, no debate, and then there's a vote. This is unconstitutional. It's not what our founding fathers um designed at all. So when we talk about embarrassing, this is in, uh, the way our government runs is, is embarrassing. embarrassing. Okay, Kevin McCarthy has been pushing through giant spending bills, mostly passed with the majority of Democrats and more Democrats than Republicans. Now, when we think about the UK and their parliament, when they have these amazing debates that we consistently show on our world news program on Sundays, we see a packed Parliament House. We do. And we never see that here exactly. in the United States. And you see that in Canada, too. Exactly. There's you actually see that everywhere around the world except for here. Why is it that no one ever shows up? Because we're not a representative government anymore. What these, what the, the holdouts, the 20 holdouts... Are the people that want to work. What they've been saying is, this is boring. I came here to actually do stuff, to debate stuff, to bring my thoughts to it. And what you're telling me is all I'm here for is a vote. Yeah. I'm a, I'm basically a prostitute. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Just, just give me your vote. She just said just that. give me your vote and then goodbye. Okay. Oh but our founding fathers created a government mm. where they actually debated. They had hard fought debates. And one side would debate another side. And actually in those debates, they would sway. Yes. Opinions. As a matter of fact, we, if you've ever seen the movie, um, Lincoln. Yeah. You see that, that those debates were what changed. And you would sway opinions if like the over $1 trillion omnibus bus bill, mm. Where it was, you have to pass it. You to could see talk what's about in it. what's in it. Yeah, you don't yeah. get to. You don't get to see what's in these bills anymore. Go ahead, uh, producers. Let's run this, and we'll break down uh, what Glenn is talking about here. This is why this drama is now unfolding. If you have a bill, what it just had to go in to the house, and then they had to debate it, and then and then they vote on it. It was either a bill or a law, right? Not quite. A bill is proposed by a member of the House. I'm trying to just keep this really simple. So let's say the member of the House is, uh, I don't know, the front doorknob. And the front doorknob has an idea. And it has to give it to the Speaker. The Speaker then sends it to a relevant committee. This is right where we are today. This is what we're arguing about. So you have, let's say it's an energy bill. If you have a bunch of people that hate big oil here, they believe in just solar and wind power, it ain't getting past this committee. If the bill makes it out of this committee, it then starts a process to head to the House. Yeah, but there's another uh, committee. This one is the Rules Committee. They get to see it first. Imagine that this is, uh, let's say, because you're talking a house, this is your insurance company. Yeah, they're gatekeepers. They don't really like you and they don't want to pay out on anything. So it's not going to get past them. But if it does get past them, then it goes to this committee. This is like uh, your HOA. And you know how much fun an HOA is. Oh, they're going to let anything through. If it's all progressives here, your bill is not going to go through. If it's all progressives here, if it's something that 
the progressives really, really want and is unconstitutional, it doesn't matter. But then it gets even better. Then, if it passes this committee, then it goes back to the speaker. What does the speaker do? Well, the speaker is supposed to put it onto a calendar so it can be debated on the floor. When was the last time you saw them debate anything? They haven't been debating anything because the speaker has been circumventing this and printed it up at the very last minute, giving it right to Congress so they can vote on it many times without reading it. This is how our swamp is ruling our country right now. This is how they represent themselves and not you and me. So what are they asking for? They are asking that they can have a few members on these committees, this one and this one, to make sure that maybe who, somebody who likes the Constitution is in those rooms, and then that the speaker put it on a calendar so it can be read and debated before the vote. So somebody needs to explain to me why Kevin McCarthy is not um, ceding to these demands. This is a very simple. Well, and then somebody needs to explain to us why the rest of the Republican establishment, including Fox News hosts, aren't explaining that to the American people. Exactly. Why do they want bills to go straight to a vote with less than 24 hours? Usually they drop at night at like nine or 10 mm -hmm. and you have to vote on them the next day. Right. This is this is when I say it's unconstitutional. This is immoral. It is unethical. It is undemocratic. And quite frankly, it's totalitarian because they don't want because what we've seen over the past and it's only been a few days, by the way, mm -hmm. what we've seen over the past few days with actual discussion and debate is it takes time. And they don't like that. Oh, they oh. can't stand mm. the time. It's they more can't. than time. It, no, you know what I mean, though. They, it does take time. They don't want to. Yes, they don't want to listen to no, what no. a sound-minded person has to say. But they don't like the time that it takes to allow the debates. No, let me explain to you. They don't want you exactly to know what's in it. That's the why they the, don't want the debate. But the more that they give them the time, the more the opportunity they also they're going to have to know what's inside these bills. If there are debates, and if you can break these things down, they can create uh, really great sound bites. Mm -hmm. So that the American people, how many members of Congress, how many members of the House are there? There's there's two what two two eleven like to, four, to two twenty two. So it's like. So it's about yeah. four, four forty, something yeah, like that. Four, that right it's under four, four, like four thirty. Yeah, three, something like that. Um, so what they don't want is for you to know where your congressperson lands exactly. on all of these issues. Five hundred thirty-five. Okay. So no, that's including the Senate. Hang on, four thirty-five in the in the House of Representatives. Okay. Yeah, four thirty-five. Oh yeah, because a couple people were, yeah, um, uh, voting present. We have here in Ohio that I didn't know, uh, two representatives, two females that I didn't know who they were. I can't even tell you their names, but they were floated as uh, people that the Democrats might like as Speaker of the House, Republicans, because they want full amnesty for every um, illegal, illegal uh, alien here in the United States. But not only that, they want employers to bring over an unlimited amount of, of workers, mm -hmm. unlimited amount, however many. Right. Okay. And- 
if those if that was debated and you could have members of Congress calling out other members of Congress, sure. then the people who like in Ohio who are voting solid red, who are actually nobody in Ohio voting red is voting for amnesty. Sure. But they're voting for somebody and they don't really know where their congressperson stands. Exactly. So these debates uh, that are really needed. OK, we have to have them. And so these holdouts are saying we need to have these debates. And so if you want to run, go ahead and run. The, do you want to say something? No, no, go ahead. Let's run. I just want to. There are so many really good clips from these. I would call them true patriots who are true constitutional republic patriots that that are holding out here from just coronating uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, and there's a myriad reasons why nobody wants Kevin McCarthy. But uh, this particular speech by Lauren, Lauren uh, Boebert kind of explains why this is not chaos. Uh, okay, nothing. It's boring. Okay, it's actually pretty boring. But there's a few highlights, and why they are doing it is is exactly why Glenn Beck is is trying to explain this sure. to us. Is because we need to get back to small government and debating things. Absolutely. But too often our efforts have fallen on deaf ears. Our border is wide open. Inflation is out of control. The Senate just passed $1.7 trillion without our input. So let me be clear. Our job is not to coronate the biggest fundraiser or rubber stamp the status quo or keep on going along to get along. It's to use our votes to elect a speaker who will enable us to get our country back on track. Getting the job done is what we were elected to do. And that starts with having a leader who supports Republican principles, builds consensus, and has a proven track record of success. Byron Donalds is that leader. Republicans, including many moderates, have been impressed by Byron Donalds. They're impressed by his ability to work together. They re respect his leadership. We see him as someone who can communicate what we are all wanting to do in this house to Americans. And he represents so much more than just his district in Florida. Many millions of Americans all over this nation praise the work and the leadership of Byron Donalds. So let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. And with that, I yield. Thank you. I yield. You bet. Yes, ma'am. I love this woman so very much. She's so strong. And she said to the president, she said, this is my favorite president, but actually you need to be telling Kevin McCarthy you don't have the votes. Now, one thing you guys need to understand that happens behind the scenes is there's a lot of deal making. So Byron Donalds was, there were 19 holdouts. Byron Donalds decided that he was going to hop over and become a 20th. I think this was after the third vote that Kevin McCarthy lost. 
I think they made some sort of deal with him saying, if you, you know, we need somebody to come over our side, we need to tip the scales, then we will nominate you as speaker. I don't really mind that so much, but there's also a lot of other deals going on behind the scenes right. that are really bad. Yeah. And that's why you don't see more people crossing over to stand up and say, no, we don't want Kevin McCarthy. He doesn't have the votes. There's too many backroom deals going on that says we will hold out for Kevin McCarthy for as long as it takes. Exactly. And, you know, what you're seeing with all of those people who voted for Kevin McCarthy, you know why they're voting for him? Money. It's just one word. Everyone, even um, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, everyone says Kevin McCarthy raises so much money. Did you take Kevin McCarthy's money? Well, let me explain something to you. Kevin McCarthy was Speaker of the House. This is not his money. This is not coming out of his pocket. He raised money from Republicans to fund a Republican war chest. Okay, and so uh, uh, McCarthy was using other people's money to get things done. Okay, and to get people elected, that was, wasn't was just, actually getting anything done or getting the people that we wanted elected. Here's the thing: he's the gatekeeper. Okay, he spent money to ridicule and smear Joe Kent in Washington State. He was an American first candidate. Okay, he did not truly back and support any American first candidates. But here's the thing. The, a gift spoils the heart. If somebody sends you money, if somebody sends you uh, campaign donations, there's always something behind it. You know what those 20 do not have in common with the rest of the people? They're funded by small donations exactly. and are not beholden. So they know that they can raise enough money to fund their campaigns, whereas everybody else, nobody knows who they are. Right. So they need Kevin McCarthy's money to do the mailers, to paint their picture for their congressional district, that they are a, a good person and a good fit for their district. So Kevin McCarthy raises the money for all those people who nobody really would want in office because we're so supposed to be funding people by small donations. Actually, Donald Trump was funded by small donations, not by big packs, not by big donations. And so it's been one of the, 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 the shining moments, if there was one, to see people standing up to a guy, Kevin McCarthy, who is part of the swamp. You know what Kevin McCarthy voted for? He voted for same-sex marriage, the law, okay? He he voted. I have a long list of, of all the different things that he voted for. But do you have any thoughts, Michelle? Yeah, honestly, I, I, I'm regardless of how this pans out, the effort that Matt Gates and Lauren Bober and the other, you know, 19 or 20 people in the very beginning says a lot. They were saying that, you know, it's embarrassing that these that we've got these 19 or 20 holdouts. Do you know how huge 19 or 20 holdouts is? There's a reason why you have to get to, was it 218? Mm -hmm. Because even five can stop that from happening, mm -hmm. right? 20 is an overwhelming right. descent there. And so I find this highly encouraging. I think that what this has done is opened the eyes to so many people for how our democratic process works because countless people 
didn't know about really the vote for, for speaker. This is not something that's been highlighted. And I would count this as essentially a crash course for truthers, for those of you that are tuning in right now. Well, you didn't really know how this process worked until we're viewing it. And now that we know how the processes work, we can work to change them in the future, even if we don't do it right now. Yeah, now that you know, now, and and this whole, this whole process of Donald Trump's, the election being stolen from Donald Trump, all of this has actually been good because it's exposed the, it's exposed the swamp. Yeah. How do we haven't been able to drain the swamp because we didn't know how it worked. And now we know how it works. And they won't let us in and they won't seem to let us in, but it's okay. We are going to get in. We are going to get in. We will huff and we will puff and we will blow their daggum house down, but we will do it in the power of God. And I think that honestly, one of the reasons why God is allowing these types of things to happen where we get so close and we can see it so clearly and it looks like, man, if we could just get this through then, we would, so it's going to take the power of God to do it. There's libertyscore.conservativereview.com. And you could see where every congressperson lands on the liberty score. Every single one of the 20 holdouts is like 100 or 90 percent. Okay, Kevin McCarthy gets an F. He gets 52 percent. You want to know why? Because he voted for same sex marriage. He voted for vax mandates for the military, 100 billion uh, uh, for the Ukraine to use Medicare to fund the USPS, drafting women for the to 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 form a January 6th committee to make D.C. the 51st state and much more. Wow. Okay. He's not just part of the swamp. And I've been saying that. He is the swamp. I've been saying that since the idea of any fresh speaker of the house came up. You and I disagreed on this, actually, on a show a couple of weeks ago. And I would just like to toot my horn. Toot, toot, toot. I said that Kevin McCarthy is swamp. Not only, but what I said was, not only is he swamp, but I view him as a Democrat. And you said to me, he's actually a little bit better on policies than some alternatives. Do you still stand with that? Um, He has been pushed into a corner where he has to be. And everybody is saying that he's been, uh, he has been pushed to the right. He's been forced to, because he's had to make concessions to be speaker. Mm -hmm. And so he's had to say, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whereas other people uh, would not do those things. Mm -hmm. And he will have to do those things. But I'm telling you, any sort of investigation is going to be a dog and pony show. Yeah. Investigation into January 6th, into the origins of COVID. That's what Marjorie Taylor Greene says. The longer we wait, the more we have to wait to get things done. She says 203 Republicans are ready to uh, to vote to fire 87,000 IRS agents as Biden's and the Dems hired to target every Americans tonight. He, she says 19 are holding out, holding the country hostage and preventing us from doing our job for the American people. It's time to elect Kevin McCarthy. But guess what? It will never get past the Senate and Biden won't buy it, uh, won't sign it, won't sign it. And so this is a joke and this is a great deception on the American people. Absolutely. But you know where you won't get deception? That's on brighteon.tv. So stay tuned because right after these messages, we're going to go into a little bit deeper of this. We're going to have Dr. Malone explain the, uh, that mRNA is a doorway for transhumanism and so much more. And of course, Biden's flubs. We'll be right back after this. So it will be interesting to see McCarthy get this vote. Exactly. I truly believe that he's going to get it. If I'm making a prediction, it's not that I want it to be, but I, I think that it's, a, I think he's, he's definitely going to get yeah, it. Yeah. So stay tuned because there will be another vote at 10 PM tonight. And it will be interesting to see if we go into over the weekend, 
But I have to say that it's been nice not to have to hear about January 6th because that's what they had planned. It kind of ruined their plans. Yeah, that's such a it's really good point, great. Leah. So they've so the Democrats have when they uh, nominated a speaker their their speaker Jeffries, Jeffries. they did a speech about January 6th because right. they don't have But to. no one's listening to that. No, nobody is listening only, to that. The people are only listening to the sound bites from like Matt Gates who by the way nominated Donald Trump as Speaker of the House, which I think everybody was expecting, and we all kind of laughed about it, and it was great fun. And yeah. and he's such a bold guy, so I'm really proud of Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert for what for their efforts. I don't know that they're going to cave, but I don't think that he needs their votes anyway. So, um, you know, like I said, it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. It's been great fun to have everybody in the House actually having to show up for work. Yeah, wouldn't it be great is if you pay these people over, what is it, like $165,000, they actually showed up every day for work? Yeah, amazing. So you know who did show up for work? Damar Hamlin yeah. showed up for work playing for the Bills right here in our hometown of Cincinnati. We actually drove past the stadium the night that it happened on Monday Night Football. What happened? He collapsed after he was tackled by a Bengals player, and uh, and he stood up. And then he fell over. Now, um, we're going to bring you Dr. Peter McCullough explaining his thoughts on all of this because it's been very, there's been a lot of vitriol on both sides of it was the vaccine. No, there's no way it could be the vaccine. How dare you say that? It's this, um, you know, tomato cardis. Yeah, thing that happens. Where you're, like a blunt force hits right over your heart and it stops your heart. Yes. But with that, you CPR, if you get starting again, it doesn't stop. And you don't go brain dead. So he died on the field twice mm -hmm. right here in Cincinnati. He's at UC um, Hospital right now, University well, of good Cincinnati Hospital. Be before we get into this clip, he is communicating. He doesn't have a speech yet, but he's he communicating messages. So he's not brain dead. And he's mentally there because he was asking who won the game. So I believe that there was an overwhelming amount of the Holy Ghost there. He is a Christian and countless people stopped. And that was kind of the highlight. We did an, an incredible show this week on it live um, as soon Where as it happened. Yeah. Both teams, I think, but mostly the Bills surrounded him. The coach is a born again Christian. Yeah. And they all were praying and they're all saying, God, please heal him. God, please this heal him. This is, in my opinion, and the whole stadium was praying. Like, we had people le like, pulling their ha hands up. Praying out. together. It was, it was a beautiful. glorious moment and the power of God fell. And I do believe this is a testimony. You had people praying to Jesus Christ on ESPN. Yes. Is it was that, amazing. So go watch that show that we did this week. I think it was Tuesday that we did that. And now let's, let's hear Peter McCauley, Dr. McCauley here. We need somebody with a sound mind to explain this. So as we've said multiple times, and it's worth saying because it's a sign of respect for the man tonight in the hospital, we don't know exactly why DeMar Hamlin collapsed last night. But at the same time, there are concerns about cases like this. Young athletes collapsing on the field of heart problems. And there has been a dramatic increase in this. You're not imagining it. So what is this? Cardiologist Peter McCullough and researcher Pangus Polycritus looked into this trend in Europe, European sports leagues, they found that prior to COVID and the COVID-19 vaccines, there were roughly 29 cardiac arrests in those European sports leagues per year. Since the vax campaign began, there have been more than 1,500 total cardiac arrests in those leagues, and two-thirds of those were fatal. Does that prove something? We don't know, but you should know that. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist. He's also the author of Courage to Face COVID-19. He joins us tonight to assess. Doctor, thank you so much 
for coming on. So this is one of those phenomena that people who use social media are aware of because there are videos of it floating around. But I don't know when the last time I heard, if ever, an American public health authority address this directly and tell people, what is this? Is this real? Tell us your findings from your actual study on this. The concern here is that athletes at a professional level, Tucker, are carefully screened for underlying heart disease. The leading cause of sudden death on the playing field is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. The athletes are screened for this. Uh, there are rare conditions, genetic abnormalities in heart rhythm uh, that can present. Uh, but sudden cardiac death should be a very unusual phenomenon. And as your report indicates, it's extremely unusual in the NFL since the high level of scrutiny. There's a differential diagnosis that doctors go through when this happens. I watched it live, and then I watched the replay as a cardiologist. To me, it looked like he made a hard tackle. There was head and neck uh, impact. But he got up, he clapped his hands, and then he fell over backwards. It looked like a primary cardiac arrest. Everything that was done on the field looked perfect. I think the duration of CPR resuscitation is going to be in a window where he can have neurologic recovery. Uh, the issue is what caused it. And the concern based on our research is that COVID-19 can cause myocarditis or heart damage. The heart damage in some cases can be asymptomatic and the initial presentation can be a cardiac arrest. There's other things in the differential, genetic abnormalities of heart rhythm disturbance, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, uh, a spinal cord type of interaction with the heart. But I think the leading concern here is vaccine-induced myocarditis, if indeed he's taken the vaccine. And boy, the family, the Bills doctors, and the current doctors at University of Cincinnati Medical Center have a public health obligation to tell us if he's taken the vaccine. I think, that, I think that's, that's fair um, in the coming days. Now, the CDC, it seems to me, since the absolute numbers of heart incidents among young people are dramatically up across the West, and the CDC, as far as I know, has not been honest enough to address this. They sent out a tweet the other day saying, you know, you may be struggling with blood clots if you're a young athlete. I don't remember athletes struggling with young blood clots. It seems to me like they're trying to tell us this is normal. Is it normal for young athletes to have life-threatening blood clots? We should never have our agencies try to normalize side effects. The FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis and heart damage. Autopsy studies show it can be and is fatal. The same is true for blood clots and neurologic damage. Our agencies should be protecting the health of Americans, and safety yeah. is job one. I'm disappointed that they're minimizing it. Yeah. I mean, I think honesty is a prerequisite for trust. When people are honest, you can trust them. But when they lie to you consistently, you can't. Um, so we appreciate your coming on tonight. Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you. You know, first of all, praise the Lord that DeMar has, has come out of, of the coma. Uh, Patriot Gallery, our mom, came and yelled down the stairs during the break, and she says, you know, Jesus says to raise the dead. Raise the dead. And I did a video this week. Raise the dead. I said, are we ready to raise the dead? Because we're going to consistently see well, these types of things moving DeMar forward. DeMar Hamlin was dead. And he, exactly. And I believe that it's the power of prayer that raised him from the dead, yeah. not just the resuscitation of, uh, you know, efforts that were done. So I'm really glad that Peter McCullough kind of breaks all of this down. To me, the takeaway of his conversation with Tucker there is we should be allowed to talk about this. We should be able to find out if he has taken the vaccine. Now we do, uh, from what I understand, he did take the booster on December 26th. From what I understand. Uh, that 
that is a very close window. I don't see, you know, Officer Tatum did a video this week that I was very upset about because I love him, by the way. And he was like, listen, if I went and I just, you know, smacked my, uh, you know, hit my camera guy really, really hard. And then he fell down. And then I said it was the vaccine. It was the vaccine. No, I hit the guy and he went down. That argument makes all kinds of sense until you ask, but were there underlying issues with his heart? To me, the exact same thing goes for if you want to say he took the vaccine and then 10 days later he drops down after a routine hit that he has received countless times in his career. You gave an example of a trampoline. Yeah. If if you're jumping on a trampoline and then all of a sudden you bust through it and you're like, whoa, what happened? This is like out of the blue. Unless you find out that the trampoline had a tear in it prior and it ripped at the tear. Right. That's what I believe happened to DeMar Hamlin. He had a tear already. He had a weakness and then a routine hit that has happened to him so many times in the past. Exactly. You can be jumping up and down on that trampoline and then boom, right? Exactly. So along those lines, there was another good clip here with Dr. Uh, Malone on Glenn Beck again, talking about how the mRNA vaccines are a step to get us to to swallow transhumanism. And he kind of explains what transhumanism is. Would you roll this clip, please? And uh, as you know, so as we've said multiple, there's a report from a joint report from the government of the UK and Germany about transhumanism. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, this is one of the agendas of the World Economic Forum. That's yeah. not hidden. It's not a conspiracy. Transhumanism, and and they talk about the RNA vaccines as an entry point, uh, oh, kind of opening that space uh, ethically and otherwise. So that's part of the push for why these particular products is it relates to that transhumanism agenda. And the- Explain the, for anybody who doesn't know, transhumanism, explain it, break it down. So transhumanism is the belief, is is the technology suite, I think is the best way to put it, mm-hmm. around the idea of both mechanical and biological modification of humans for improved longevity and performance, I think in general. And, and could be improved cognition also. So doesn't this strike anyone as maybe territory we shouldn't go into? So that's the fascinating thing about this government report from Germany and the UK that, like I said, we covered in our Substack. It's readily available. It's in circulation. And they say, basically, we have to do it because the other guy's doing it. And they acknowledge that um, there are ethical barriers that have to be breached. And they basically say outright, we don't have any choice. We have to do it because the other guys are doing it. And of course, the other guys, um, uh, by inference, is the People's Republic of China. And I, for sure, the PRC has no barriers to None. doing anything. None. Um, and but it's, uh, is it's, it? They're they're in a total warfare environment. Do I have Do I have it right to say we are now messing with things that Mangala and others? were trying to mess with they just didn't have the technology and they may have been quacks but this they're we're trying now to do the same thing with technology that may actually make it work yes so i'm a little as somebody who's a 30-year veteran of the gene therapy business i'm a little skeptical about the making it work part Uh, yeah okay good (laughs) yeah that's a good news good um but uh you know mechanical augmentation for sure 
uh, we can look forward to that. And we can look forward to the uh, robotic products that have been developed with uh, DARPA. So I don't have a problem if you're talking about prosthetic arms and legs and things like that. or uh, No, we're talking about um, battle suits in the way that we've seen play out in, in science fiction with augmented wow. performance and embedded in, in all kinds of embedded transducers for, uh, you know, instead of this, it's, yeah. it's part of us, right? And, and augmentation in, in cogn- brain performance and Scary. all kinds of things. Yeah. So that, that is where the world, it, it's no clear question. World Economic Forum is all in on this. That's you can. The lovely thing about the World Economic Forum is they don't hide their stuff. Yeah, I know. They just say it. I know. Right? And then they leave the paper trail that shows they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. Uh, so, but but you mentioned the People's Republic, and and that seems to be the logic that's being floated right now. Is they're already doing it, and if we don't want to be left behind, we have to do it too. And uh, the ethics uh, be damned. Uh, because it's a matter of national security. That's what I read. You know, I don't find any of this terrifying. I don't even find it shocking. But this is what I will say. It's satanic. It is from the pit of hell. And it's it's a very slippery slope when you start buying into the technology as we know it. Mm Mm-hmm. And well, we're just going to take a little taste of this apple. Mm. We're just going to, you know, bite into the fruit here. And then the next thing you know, they're wanting to put implants in you. Well, it reminds me of in vitro fertilization, which on the surface seems like, oh, we're going to create, we're going to fertilize these eggs Mm -hmm. and we're going to insert you, you're insert them in the mother's womb and you're going to have your kids. But then you've got millions of these, these fertilized eggs. These are children ready to just. Just if they're implanted, they're a human life born, yeah. you know, and where, where do you draw the ethical line on that to where now you can actually adopt somebody else's fertilized when eggs? When you start playing God, yeah. right? You know, the, we love to use the scripture, life and death are in the hands of God when it comes to somebody dying. Mm-hmm. But we forget the first part where it says life, life and death are in the hands of the Lord. And you see very easily, just from a biblical standpoint, the women in the Bible that chose to, they were given a promise, you're going to have these children, you're, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob kind of thing. And then they would bring their maidservants in to make it happen. And how much God despises, despises that. that. Then you see Onan well, with his Well, and it's really interesting. Anytime you do these kinds of things, you're A lot of people God. say, yeah, but that had Abraham sleeping with. Well, what you're, what's the difference? Now we have a machine inserting inside of you. Yeah. So you're having some sort of sexual relations with the machine. It's well, like but it, very can't be, it can't just be that part because back then, you know, the idea of, of a monogamous marriage was a little bit different in, in times of old. So I don't think it was just that that God hated because like I just mentioned with Onan and his seed, it had to do with that playing God, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I think that that's why it's so evil. So I'm, I'm not trusting say, in him. I would say that it's really important moving forward that we use technology and in, 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 in understand that it's not God's best. It's not perfect. We're only using these kinds of things to pull down the devil's there are schemes, definite, but when we really buy into it and love it. Ethical boundaries. Speaking of that, speaking of life. Very difficult. I have a really cool clip here with Lila Rose, who's a pro-life advocate with, the, with an ex-editor of Uh, Cosmopolitan Magazine to just talk about the hypocritical nature of how Cosmo Girl actually portrayed a life and brainwashed millions of girls to to not be homemakers, to not stay home and raise their kids. 
uh, and to sleep around with other people's and, and sleep your way to the top. But the Cosmo uh, editor, the, the the big CEO, she didn't want you to sleep with her husband. Exactly. Let's reel this clip. There, there, there was a secret that, that uh, nobody knew, is that mothers were not actually in the magazine. You never saw a mother in the magazine. You never saw a child in the magazine. You know, propaganda is half-truth, selected truth, and truth out of context. It isn't just a bunch of lies. And one thing that people don't recognize about propaganda when they look at it is look for the things that aren't there. The things that are invisible. The mother and the child was invisible in the in the Cosmo Girl philosophy. So Helen Gurley Brown, she has this magazine. There's no kids. There's no women. There's no pregnancy. It's about sex. It's about products. It's about this materialism. Right. How did that flesh with her own lifestyle? Because from all accounts, she married one guy and expected him to be faithful to her and lived a, lived her life out with him. Right. She lived. She they were married for 50 years. Remember, she didn't get married until she was 37. And Helen said that this was the way she had lived in the beginning. This is how she got so far ahead. She urged young women to sleep their way to the top. Sleep with, sleep with the boss if he's a married man. And she, she said uh, it's, it's good to sleep but with a married man. But she probably didn't want men, women sleeping with her married no, husband. No, so no, that no, was no, more no, no. other that people that was should different. live that lifestyle. That's not right. her, not her and her family. Not her family, not her husband, especially not her husband. You know, I just, the hypocrisy is just too much for me. I can't even. Speaking of hypocrisy, though, we've got some clips from Joe. Yeah, we do. But I just want to say, you know, this is this is the lifestyle that we've been taught and we've been brainwashed into. Don't buy into it. Okay. Yeah. Get married. Raise a family. Have kids. Uh, we've learned, we've seen where that feminist Cosmo uh, mindset leads. It's not to a good place. But we do have, this week would not be complete without some Biden flubs. And so let's go ahead and roll these clips. A number of our friends, the MAGA Republicans, talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, they don't even want me speaking English anymore. They want me speaking da da da. They're going to they're going to take over my community, my native. They they whoever they are at the time. Well, you know, that's what uh, a lot of folks went through when they got here, going all the way back to the 1800s. For example, since August of last year, Customs and Border Patrol have seized more than 20,000 pounds of deadly fentanyl. That's enough to kill, kill as many as a thousand people in this country. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl. I've traveled over 140 countries around the world. As I was, the, I'll paraphrase the phrase in my old neighborhood. The rest of the countries, the world's not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do. You're not attending this funeral tomorrow, though. Why? Well, why do you attend? Well, you tell me. As the president said in his statement, as I'm sure you saw, he joins Catholics and so many others around the world in mourning the passing of Pope uh, Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI. He will always uh, remember uh, the Pope's generosity and, me and meaningful conversation they had when he visited the Vatican in 2011. So to answer your question, uh, the U.S. Ambassador to the Holy See, Joe Donnelly, will uh, represent the United States at the funeral of the Pope in line with the wishes of the late Pope and the Vatican. This is what uh, this is what their requests were. This is what their wishes were. Uh, and so uh, that's what you'll see from the U.S. So Biden was told by the Vatican, don't come to the funeral. And and he was asked by that reporter, uh, are you going to go? And he's and like, he's, well, why do you think I'm not going? 
That's a very strange. I don't know. You I don't me. know why I'm asking you. Because you're not pro-life? <laughs> Is that why? It's got to be something bigger than that. They have. It's kind of like, don't invite Uncle Joe. Don't let him come yeah. because, you know, he's going to make an embarrassment so, for, for all of us. The other clip was actually from Cincinnati, the one where he says, uh, I grew up in my neighborhood and and this the is how it's on the jeans. Yeah. And then we don't do what you do. And then we do do. And I think he just stepped he in, stepped some, in some doo-doo there. Yeah. But you know what you need to do, do? You do, need to do. go to thebrighteonstore.com and use promo code CHICKS to save 5% on your orders. Now, the Ranger buckets are still on sale Ooh, right now. They're actually 28% off, um, which is a massive discount. It's like $130 off on those Ranger buckets. Also on sale is the nascent iodine. We take that every, every day. single day. We live in the goiter belt. We're in Ohio, okay? Right. So we we are we're ready for nuclear fallout with our iodine. Yeah. Another thing that's on sale that we use every single day is the pink Himalayan salt. Yeah. They've got vitamin D3 on sale. There's a whole host of things, vitamin C, that you can get to stay healthy, to keep your family healthy. Knowing that uh, Mike Adams, I know his stuff is a little more expensive because he takes it through very rigorous testing. It's going to so be the does, good stuff. Like the best. You don't have to worry about the chemicals. The you don't quality. have to worry about the quality. It's the best of the best. And you're supporting an amazing network that allows us to come to you guys for free every single Friday. It doesn't get any better than that. So we will see you guys next Friday. And keep in mind, we have a program every Sunday on Brighteon at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I want you guys, you can visit resistancechicks.com to find out all of the latest of what we've been doing, the videos that we've been putting out, because we put out a lot more content than just showing up every Friday at 6 p.m. But speaking of which, we've got another show afterwards. You can Check us out on resistancechicks.com for our 7 o'clock show. We're going to get into way deeper headlines tonight. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. There we go. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's January. You know, I can't even say the number because we're streaming on Facebook. Like, I can't even say today's date. Like, from now on, for all of history, we were on, we just did a live program on Brighteon.tv. And the producer was in our ear, and she says, today is my sister's birthday. And she can't even say her birthday. Like, she could get flagged on social media for just stating a date. Like, never in my entire life, and there's been some crazy dates throughout history, right? Where really bad, 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 bad things went down. But I've never seen a date become censored. Yeah. So that you can't say, like, what's going to happen if something happens at a specific time during the day? And then you can never say, like, 6.38. Censored. Never again can you say 6 p.m., 7 p.m., something like that. No, I you mean, can, but it has to be in context of it was an insurrection. We're, we're, now you just said the word. I'm just saying that's what, it, that's what you have to say it in. That's the context. Okay, so there you go. There yeah. you are, and there you will be. Yeah, there you are and there you will be. And so if you are watching us on Facebook, we have a, a great show for you. And it'll be a little bit shorter than the rest of the show because we are going to talk about We're this talk day about in history. It. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. All right. So, uh, there is something. January 6th. You can't say it. No, you can't. I just did. So this week, we're from Cincinnati. And if you guys didn't hear about it, there was a professional football player who w was tackled. He was on the Buffalo Bills. He was tackled. 
and he it was looked like a routine tackle you know a decent hit. He gets down. He jumps right back up. Yep. And he falls back down. Basic. He dies. Okay. Just that's. There's no other. They call it a cardiac incident. Yeah. But he. he you don't have to bring that one up. Um. But he dies basically, and they have to revive him back to life, and they do. Right. His name is Demar Hamlin. Praise God. We saw this amazing outpouring of love. And not love like I care about you, but like we're going to go to God for you. Yeah. We're going to. And they kept saying the words intercede for you. I have not seen professional football players or men on ESPN say, I'm going to intercede for this guy. The the church is coming out of them. Come on. You know, when you get pressed, the juice comes out. There's some good (laughs) stuff there, America. You know? And this goes to the video that I did earlier this week where I said, are you ready to raise the dead? Yes. Yes, we are ready to raise the dead. Clearly that has happened. Now, I think I still have up here maybe i don't um i thought i had the actual shot there uh let me see if this is it there it is all right so here's the tackle and i know you guys have seen it and i'm only going to play it a couple of times here um and then he stands up hamlin stands up and and then he falls down and essentially dies right mm-hmm. there on the field twice mm-hmm. they spent how many minutes um Nine. resuscitating him so this is absolutely flabbergasting to me. Okay, no, um, more. no more. No more on that, Leah says. But w- we have here um, the coach, the head coach, Sean McDermott, saying glory to God for his keeping Demar and his family in the palm of his hands over the past couple of days. That's what this boils down to. Yeah. The power of God. So let's go ahead and play this uh, from uh, McDermott. Finally, and, and just as important as anything, is glory to God for... Um, for his keeping Damar and his family in the palm of his hand over the last couple of days and his healing powers. Uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, this was such a scary thing. This guy, this coach has tears in his eyes. And, you know, I was watching um, Scott Shara's uh, Amazing Grace's dad was interviewing Dr. Artis. Mm. And Dr. Artis was going into kind of the details of all of this. And Dr. Artis, it looked like to me, was also kind of emotional. And he was saying these guys on the field watched their fellow teammate die. Die. And what's worse, though, is he said, if you've ever been around, and most people haven't, anyone that's been resuscitated, you have to literally break ribs mm-hmm. in order to do the proper chest compressions to bring these people back oh, to life. Yeah. So he said he was he was really kind it's of putting you in the awful thing. In the in the moment right. of what was happening. These teammates were watching that kind of thing happen mm. to their fellow teammate. You know, those chest compressions that break ribs. Like you can tell when someone, and again, and we'll get to this because we, we we talked about this er, earlier this week on Tuesday when we did a very special live broadcast of this. You know when someone's life has left their body. When someone is fighting to, to the, these paramedics were fighting to keep this man in his body. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so this, they were fighting to get him back into, into his, his body. body. No, that's, a good, that's a really good point. Come on, brother. Come back. He Come had back. left the building. He had left the building. He okay, had he was hovering over 
And and we'll see if he had some sort of life after death moment. But update update on this. And we talked about this on our Brighton program. But but for those of you that are just now tuning in live for our second half, uh, the update is that Demar has uh, has regained consciousness. And not only is he in the building physically, he can move his feet, he can move his hands. He asked who won he's, the game. He's so been he's, able to he's not, no, he's not, not verbalize. No. To write wrote it. and ask who won the game. So mentally, he's which there. Which means... The bona fide miracle. Which means, because the rest of his body wasn't damaged, he's coming back. Oh, he'll come back. He didn't break any legs. He didn't right. break any bones. Like, they broke it's it neurological bit. at this point, right? Right, now. exactly. So that boy is coming back. He didn't suffer... Uh, a spinal industry in injury. injuries like he didn't like he's coming back i have a god brought here's, that here's boy what, back here's what i would say to you guys viewing if your your prayers need to be continued for his physical uh well-being but also i think that our prayers need to be i pray that demar himself will ask the right questions because yeah. we do know and we said this on our Friday in segment so i'll be careful how i say it here we do know that he we don't it would appear it seems that the all the reports are lining up that he did get a booster seat, like <laughs> a car seat in a car, a booster seat um, on the twenty sixth. Yeah, which was, I mean, the time, the timing and, of that. And is, and on what we also are praying because we're not big football fans because I feel like it's an idol. Yeah, that people will turn their eyes to Jesus and to God. Amen. And if you're going to be playing any sports, then make sure that it's just. That your family comes first and God comes first. Yeah. And it doesn't become an idol in your life. Amen. Well said. All right. So let's go on. I have a few more videos from the house debacle, the, the craziness going on. Um, I want to, if you can find me, I, the, what has come out of, and you guys, uh, forgive us if you're just joining us because this is the second half. And we also did a video this week. So I don't want to, if you guys have been following us, I don't want to reiterate things and bore you. So I'm going to kind of jump right in here. I have a clip here of Jen Crenshaw, and I want you to watch it, not for what he's saying, but how he's saying it. And what we're seeing come out of this race for the speaker are people's true colors and who they are. And I want you to see who Dan Crenshaw really is. Rhino. He started, he started five minutes ago. And no, he's not a credible candidate. He's, he's a freshman who started five minutes ago. That's not running. He didn't raise hundreds of millions of dollars to win the Republican majority in, in multiple election cycles. No, that's not a credible candidate. But is there, are, are you or anyone, I know in your mind, like you're still McCarthy, you're still very loyal in that regard. But eventually, the more this keeps no. happening, you, you, you begin to no, wonder, no, no, no. what it's, is it's an alternative here? I, I, I'm just wondering, no we keep repeating I, I this, right? But it's not it's not loyalty to the man, it's loyalty to the to the rule of law that we abide by here. He started he started five what minutes. Is rule of law. So we had we actually had a vote in our Ohio House. Yes. And we voted in a guy um who was a very strong conservative. Mm -hmm. And then in a trick and a slip of behind the back doors, um the House Democrats in Ohio, which there's 33 de House Democrats to 67 Republicans, the Republicans in Ohio were voted to, to, to really hammer in a conservative agenda. Yes. Okay. And so we the, had turned the people in the House realized, okay, we got to do this. So we're going to bring in a guy who's actually a, a good speaker this time. Well, 33 Democrats found 22 Republicans. And they did, made a backroom deal, and they voted in, um, I call it a left-leaning... Moderate. 
uh, Republican. Yeah. Okay. Because there's no right leaning Democrats, but there are many liberal, big corporation uh, Democrats. So, so essentially, back to and we and we did a whole live uh, breaking news program on that this yeah. week. You guys can go check that out to find out. You know, Ohio. But the politics. point is, is he going to come to Ohio and say? This is that you guys broke the rule of law. You should have. You voted. You guys all voted. You, you the, He got most votes, and this other guy got the most votes. And he was. This was supposed to be a formality. That was the rule of law. That was the rule of law. And, and you broke the rule of law in Ohio. He's going to go to Ohio no and say that rule of law when it comes to Kevin McCarthy. There's there's not even a precedent. There's no. Like he's that. saying that there's a rule of law for the guy who raises the most money for the party. This is the that's the rule of law that they live by. And thank you for saying that because that's exactly like as I'm looking at this, this that's is the a, rule of their law. They have made their own set of rules right. that are literal laws that you do not break right. in the house. If you whoever raises the most money is the biggest fundraiser, this that's is the why rule Paul of law. Ryan got the speakership. Yeah. Okay. Whoever can and 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 uh, Boehner, okay, you know who he he was before Paul Ryan. When Pelosi uh, retired, he was he was emotional again. Oh, she's so great. She's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. The, we don't get a good speaker because when you're dealing with big time money, yeah, you're going to be big time corrupt. Exactly. Let me read a couple of comments here. Um, Kelly says they will try that tonight if enough Democrats do not show um, vote recalibrates and uh, McCarthy will win by default. Sadly. It'll be interesting to see. I think that, and I said this earlier on our Brideon segment, uh, which we do live every Friday at 6 p.m. on Brideon.tv. I think that McCarthy is going to get these votes. Yeah. I, I feel very certain about that. Mm-hmm. But what? The, but don't count it as a loss. Mm-hmm. Because what this has done, and as we, as we watch these clips here um, tonight, this has exposed more of the process that we did not know about. And yeah. now we do. Finally. So you know what? They're literally they want everything to be behind closed doors. Secret. They want it to be secret. And they Matt Gates said, no, I'm going to present this to the people. To to the point of education. We're educated to think that Congress want, runs one one way. But they've revamped it. It doesn't run that way anymore. Exactly. You don't know how it runs, and they don't want you to know how it runs because then you'll hold them accountable. Bingo. And then they might not be able to hold office. And holding office, every single president comes out. Everybody goes into Congress, comes out making more money than where that their than their salary would um, equal out. Most of them on insider trading. Okay, exactly. Congress has the best record. Nancy Pelosi has a better record than any any American on trading stocks. That's yeah, amazing. But Tucker here is he kind of he kind of laughs and gives a, a, a funny. Look at this is from last night. Dan Crenshaw last night. Yeah. Oh, they're so excitable. Are you following this? The failure to make it super easy and simple for Kevin McCarthy is extremism, declares Nicole Wallace. It's just embarrassing, says Ryan Zinke. It's pornography, says another. Poor old Charlie Sykes got so upset watching the proceedings that he compared a vote in Congress to an exploding hand grenade. There was smoke and fire and shrapnel and the shrieking of the dying calling out for their mothers because some people would not vote for Kevin McCarthy. That's what it was like in there, ladies and gentlemen. Some of us will never recover. <laughs> then another one of the buffoons in the clip you just saw went further and called the whole thing terrorism, which is the remorseless use of violence against the civilian population to affect a political goal. So Chip Roy is Osama bin Laden now. Hunt him down in his cave. 
Dan Crenshaw of Texas, filling the role recently vacated by his friend Adam Kinzinger, said virtually the same thing yesterday. Anyone who doesn't support Kevin McCarthy for speaker is a terrorist. And Crenshaw's voice seemed to crack with emotions. He said he meant it. What's going on here exactly? Why are these people so upset? Well, part of it, of course, is political. Dan Crenshaw is a committed neoliberal. He's a tool of his donors. He's hawkish on Ukraine's borders, but indifferent to ours. And Dan Crenshaw knows that Kevin McCarthy is the least conservative speaker he is likely to get ever. And they all... And that's where that's what it boils yeah. down to. Um, both Flash on Facebook and Beverly are talking about how um, Dan Crenshaw and McCarthy are both members of the World Economic For Forum. You will mm. own nothing and you will be happy. Leslie says, big time stuff to hold over your head if you don't behave. Oh, big time. Kelly says, we need to get back to 1776 government and grassroots. We the people run, not the politicians. All right. So this is from two nights ago where he talks about Kevin McCarthy and, and puts forward a couple maybe, uh, uh, what would you call them, negotiating tactics that, that maybe the holdouts could have used. Uh, Tucker Carlson tonight. Happy first Tuesday in 2023. The fun never stops. We thought we'd be able to announce a new Speaker of the House tonight. We thought we knew who it was going to be. But no, the race for Speaker is still ongoing. Voting's been suspended for the day. It's going to resume again tomorrow. Now, the fact that this race has not been settled by now is being described, especially online, by many as embarrassing. And it is embarrassing if you prefer the Soviet-style consensus of the Democratic Party's internal elections where votes are merely a formality and all the really big decisions, the meaningful ones, are made years in advance by donors. Oh, of course, everyone's on board. That's what they do. But if you prefer democracy to oligarchy, if you prefer real debates about issues that actually matter, it's pretty refreshing to see it. Yes, it's a little chaotic, but this is what it's supposed to be. Now, we're going to bring you a lot more detail on what's happening in just a minute and throughout the week. But first, a quick overview to frame the big points. So Kevin McCarthy of California was going to be speaker. He badly wants to be speaker. In fact, he wants that job more than anything else in his life. And he was going to get it. But then a group of 20 Republican members stopped him. Now, they stopped him because they decided that Kevin McCarthy is not conservative enough to represent a party that's just taken back the House from Nancy Pelosi. And they are definitely right about that. McCarthy is not especially conservative. He is, in fact, ideologically agnostic. He's flexible. His real constituency is the lobbying community in Washington. So if you've got sincere political beliefs, that is infuriating to watch. On the other hand, to be fair, this is politics and McCarthy does have strengths. It's not easy being speaker when the House is this closely divided. And in some ways, Kevin McCarthy is perfectly suited for that. He is skilled in politics, not a small thing. And critically, McCarthy is willing to spend the next two years living in hotel rooms, raising money for his party ahead of a historic presidential election. What other Republican in the House is willing to do that? Well, as of tonight, and we have checked, no one has stepped forward. So really the pivotal question is, how badly does Kevin McCarthy want this job? 20 of his colleagues have just publicly disavowed him loudly and again and again. So to win them back, McCarthy is going to have to give them something real. Not more airy promises, which he specializes in. He's going to have to give them actual concessions. If Kevin McCarthy wants to be the speaker, he is going to have to do things he would never do otherwise. Like what? We can think of at least two things. First, release the January 6th files. Not some of the January 6th files and video, all, all of it. Of and not to some phony committee that will hide them, that in fact is designed to hide them from the public but put them online, 
release them to the public directly. Yes. So that the rest of us can finally know what actually happened on January 6th, 2021. It's been two years. It's long overdue. It's our right as Americans to know. And McCarthy could tell us. Second, Kevin McCarthy could put Thomas Massey of Kentucky in charge of a new Frank Church committee designed to discover what the FBI and the intel agencies have been doing to control domestic politics in this country. They've been doing a lot, but no one in Washington wants to talk about it. This topic is effectively off limits and has been. In fact, no one's talked about it for almost 50 years. And so because no one has talked about it or stopped it, the rot has spread and democracy has withered. You can feel it. The FBI has now a bigger force in American elections than any single group of voters. This cannot continue. It is poison. And Kevin McCarthy is uniquely situated right now to stop it. So by striking a deal with his 20 colleagues, McCarthy could restore our system to health and at the very same time, get the job he has always wanted. It's not so complicated. Let's hope he does it. So while Tucker was speaking there, and I love Tucker so much, um, I kind of got a little God download. And so I want to give you an insight into what the Lord was just speaking to me. About the speaker. Not just about the speaker. About the situation that we're in right now. It it seems very hopeless because we get, and Flash here in the comment says, Kevin McCarthy is not going to get elected. There is no concession that is going to make him trustworthy. He should immediately withdraw. I totally agree that he should immediately withdraw. I just think that he's going to get the votes. Okay. Um, that's, that's, that's not like any kind of prophetic prediction. That's just my gut says that there will be people, not that they should, not that he should get the votes, but I just think that that's how it's going to play out. Um, but when we have these kinds of, they feel like a loss, right? Whether it was the 2020 election or J6 or, you know, all of the, just the 2022 midterms, all of these things, we feel like we've got it right in our hands, right in our grasp. And then, and then it's like, oh, it doesn't materialize. And it's just so, it's like a gut punch. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. What we saw with DeMar Hamlin, and I will unequivocally say this unashamedly, DeMar Hamlin is alive today because the body of Christ prayed him back to life. Mm. This is a direct confirmation to a word that I gave earlier this week. And I said, are you ready to raise the dead? Are we ready to raise the dead? I've been asking the Lord, what is, what are we, what's coming in 2023? We've been asked to, to, to speak on this. We've been, people have been asking us, what do you see in 2023? And I keep coming back to revival, but it's so much more than that. And I see DeMar Hamlin lying dead on that field and he dies twice. I see that as a spiritual representation. People can hate on me for this if they want. That's fine. As a direct representation of what we saw in 2020, and what we saw in the midterms of 2022, we saw something die twice, right before our eyes. And we are not going, let me reword this. It's not that we're not going to do it one way. We are going to do this through the same way that Damar Hamlin was brought back to life. Mm -hmm. Not through resuscitation, not through medical efforts. And I'm not saying that none of those things helped. In DeMar's case. Now we're, we're spiritually allegorizing this. Us. America. Our nation. Society. The body of Christ. We are going to bring it back to life through the power of prayer. 
through the power of a righteous people. And so God was very clearly speaking to me as I was listening to Tucker and he's talking about January 6th and these committees and Thomas Massey and all these things that need to happen. And we're all sitting here going, yes, of course this needs to happen. It's so close. It's right between our hands. It's like in our grasp. But if it happens on the floor of the house without a public outcry of prayer, like we saw with all of that, all of the people, all eyes were on those and prayers. Everybody, even the coach was saying, God, God thank did you, this God, for bringing him back. To this us. is only going to come about, but it will. It's only going to come about through a miraculous intervention by God Almighty that is undeniable by everyone that is looking that says the power of God did this. And by something that will unite two teams. So good. So good. Exactly. Exactly. And you would think that the liberals could not come over. Yes. But you want them because we can't have a nation where 50% of the people aren't saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. Okay. Come on. All right. Beverly so, says, if he does get the speakership, will he be humble or will he say, I won, um, punish, out, push out the liars and go back on his word? Um, I think he will probably go back on his word. I, I think so I, too. I really do. All right. So I'm going to play this clip. This is, this is, this is a clip from uh, the mainstream media. This is New York Times, uh, Mara Gay, uh, who, who, this is how the, this is how you know the McCarthy's in the bag, in, in the bag for the Democrats, because I think that if they have to, they'll the have Democrats that vote for him. media is talking badly about the McCarthy holdouts like they Things want I've been him. thinking about watching this ordeal unfold is Fox News's um, impact not only on the Republican Party, but actually also on Republican voters. I mean, what must the voters who sent these individuals to Washington think of our government? Right. If okay. this is who they, they sent. I mean, the, you know, when you talk to some of these individuals, you get a sense that, you know, well, politicians are all crooks anyway, and the government's a joke anyway, or you know what, let's burn it to the ground. And really, you know, that's what these people were sent to do, um, or to make a mockery of it. I mean, the other element here you touched upon a couple minutes ago, which is just that some of these individuals were people who uh, were really only elected based on a litmus test to stop the tide of diversity in the country, the browning of America, the fears that surround that. And so they were not elected to go do the work of government. And you're seeing that now. It's terrifying. It would be funny if it weren't for the fact that uh, we have real problems in this country that, that demand uh, problem solvers. And of course, these are not public servants, uh, but they are meant to act as our public servants. I mean, you know, what happens when the next crisis comes? It's, it's disturbing. Okay, but wait, there's more. I just want you to remember who this girl is. We've played this clip. This is the same girl that thought $1.53 equaled a million dollars. She is still allowed to comment? Watch. But you see it as a possibility if he wants to spend a billion bucks beating this guy, he could do it. Absolutely. Um, somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It, when I read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads, U.S. population $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American $1 million and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it.
It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. It's disturbing. It does. It does suggest, you know, what we're talking about here, which is there, there's too much money in politics, um, yeah. and it makes it difficult because what we want in but you see it as a possibility so, if he wants to spend. Let's get to this screen. Get to this tweet here. There it is. All right. <clears throat> now uh, let's get out our, our calculator. Bloomberg spends five million dollars on ads, uh, and the U.S. population is 327 million, and he could have given each American. $1.53. A million dollars. And we're supposed to listen to her? Like, this is the epitome, epitome of stupidity. Like, you can't just get that wrong. And Brian Williams, though. And the producers. Going with it. Like, they had to be, like, laughing behind this. I mean, just like, oh, my gosh, she's going down. No, no, no. But the producers had to put that up. Yeah, but they and didn't Brian read Williams it. Had they to... clearly didn't read it. Because anybody that... Now, if it had said a billion... Let's talk. But anybody that reads a million, a million, a million, you're going like, hang on a minute. He could have given every million, million dollars, million, million dollars. All right. I want to, uh, a couple more speeches that were on the House floor and just kind of just give you an idea of where it went this week. Um, Chip Roy's speech for Bi nominating Byron Donalds, I felt was actually a very moving speech. And okay, let's play this one. You know what they thought that they meant? I mean, I, let me let me explain what they thought that they meant. When it says five hundred million, mm -hmm. they they thought that they meant five hundred millions. Yeah, and that's how they got that right. That that person was thinking that five hundred million dollars means five hundred millions dollars. You understand that? No, that's literally how they got there. I, get, I know what you meant. Yeah. And that, my friends, I get is it. what is terrifying. Okay. That's, I get, I get That's that. exactly what they thought. 500 million. It's 500 million. Because if you got a million, then you got a million. And this person spent 500 million. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 500 million dollars. The gentleman is recognized. Yesterday, my first vote for Speaker of the House was for Byron Donalds. Today, I'm rising to nominate Byron Donalds for Speaker of the House of Representatives. <laughs> Byron is a dear friend, a solid conservative, but most importantly, a family man who loves dearly his wife, Erica, his three children, has a proven track record as a businessman, public service in the Florida legislature, and now as a member of the United States Congress. Now, here we are, and for the first time in history, there have been two black Americans placed into the nomination for Speaker of the House. You have to clap for your racist. Come on, you have to stand up. Come on, racist. Come on, racist. Dan Crenshaw says, 
However, they all clapped. No, Madam Speaker, order. His, his nomination was Madam, or Madam Clerk, order. Okay, you can you can pause that one. Um, I would just There's like to, to clarify that. for anybody that's still trying to do that math in their head. If he spent five hundred million dollars, he could have given five hundred people one million dollars. Yes. Okay. Now we is that settled now? Yeah. Okay, settled. All right, let's go to Lauren Bober as she nominates somebody we've never heard about, but it's going to actually go with another clip that you're going to enjoy here in a second. Um, I'm going to find it. Gonna, there it is. And no one's ever heard of Kevin Hearn before. <laughs> and now you have. Now you have. You've heard and have heard. Is this a gentlewoman from Colorado Rise? Madam Clerk, I rise to nominate Hearn as Speaker of the House. The gentlewoman is recognized. Thank you, Madam Clerk. We have been accused of not having a plan. Well, we've presented many, many plans and are even presenting two plans simultaneously right now for Speaker of the People's House. I sat in my chair anticipating to vote for Byron Donalds, whom I respect, whom I see as a leader. And there was a gut check that said, we need someone that is going to convince my colleagues on this side of the aisle that it's time to get going. It's time to build momentum. Many of you have said it. You see that Kevin McCarthy does not have the votes. You are understanding that he is not going to get there. We had the votes for him. I cannot produce those anymore. The colleagues that I brought with me to offer those 218 votes on the first ballot aren't there anymore. It is not happening. And as it's been said, we need to get to a point where we start evaluating what life after Kevin McCarthy looks like. America doesn't want more talk. And I'm going to keep my speech a little short. They want action. I'll take that. I want to get to work too. America is tired of rhetoric and they want results. This isn't chaos. This is a constitutional republic at work. I'm a mom of four boys. I know what chaos and dysfunction looks like. This is actually a really beautiful thing to be here with all of my colleagues debating. Just as the gentleman from Montana said, we have not experienced this in the two years that we have served here. In Washington, D.C. Okay, you can pause that. And I'm going to actually bring up the gentleman from uh, Montana, Matt Rosendale. Um, it is great to have everybody in one room. Finally, yes. debating things. Come on now. So he says the same thing, and I'll play this. We have had more discussion and debate over the last three days than I have participated in on this floor for the last two years. And it's healthy. It absolutely promotes the collegiality that everyone is striving to obtain. We're having discussions, not just within our own party, but amongst each other. As we walk around and start planning for the legislation that we will need to address over the next two years in the 118th Congress, that sooner or later, yes, sooner or later, we will begin to function as. Those are the good days. And guess what? 
Our constituents think, as they watch us on C-SPAN today, that this is how every day functions. <laughs> they think that this is how every bill gets addressed in this Come body. on and preach! And they will be shocked to learn the ones that you have not disclosed the little nasty secret to, that unfortunately, that's not how it works around this place. That under the current rules and under the current leadership construction, that on flying days, typically Monday at the beginning of the week, the leadership on both sides of the aisle negotiate a number of bills, 15 to 20 pieces of legislation that one Democrat and one Republican stand on this floor. They discuss momentarily and then they say the magic words without objection. We will pass this by unanimous consent. And there are two people standing on the floor passing pieces of legislation that oftentimes are the naming of buildings that don't really bother anybody or affect one's life, but in many circumstances spend millions and tens of millions of dollars that the taxpayers are obligated to cover and their representative was not even here to vote upon it. And that, my friends, is wrong. Wow. Yay! Now, he actually has a good sense of humor because when he voted on this very last vote, you have to see this. So everybody goes up and they we vote have had they, they vote for, okay? So remember who did who did uh Lauren Bogart put forward? Kevin Hearn. Yes. So this 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 just happened earlier. A little bit of trolling. I'm gonna I'm gonna just a little bit of trolling. Sit down. Kevin! Hearn. Kevin, and then he says, Hearn, he makes everybody think that he's going to say Kevin McCarthy. Okay. Rosendale. Kevin. Hearn. Hearn. Rosendale. The bed, the bed, you know. Up. When was the last time the whole room even laughed about anything? Loosen up a little ah, bit. Ah. Come on. This is the most light. We've, you know, what oh. if actually you could talk about something and, and it wasn't just mudslinging? I, I love Representative Rosendale from Montana. Yeah. All right. So the they're telling me that the videos are really loud. So let me go in here and see if I can fix out, fix why they're they're uh, really loud. Montana here. for the troll. Turn it down a little for bit. For the troll, for the troll. All right. So we've got um, in the chat here on Facebook, um, somebody was n nominating uh, Pete Santilli. <laughs> Love that. Somebody was nominating the My Pillow guy. Love that. Uh, so I think that that's awesome. Those both of them would make excellent uh, speakers. Mike on DLive says the millions are multiplied each time they give a million to another person. Mm. Well said there. So, uh, yeah, there you go. All right, Leah, what else? Yeah, so I, I, 
do you you still have some holdouts we're gonna wait to see you said they're um, gonna have a vote tonight at 10 at 10 yeah at 10 so we'll see if it's if it's breaking news and mccarthy if it's breaking news and we may come back back we'll see yeah we may come back i'm not sure all right so we're gonna move on from there and actually my next story most of my next stories are going to be um, uh, Pierre Corey talking about, uh, uh, Jamar Hamlin, and he's going to talk about ivermectin. Um, we're going to talk about the anniversary of today, <laughs> and we are going to discuss a father whose, oh, uh, son, this is devastating. Um, yeah, is, is, was, was hijacked by the mother and is, was whisked away from Texas to California, but all of those stories. The father was hijacked by the mother. No, the ba- the, the the son right, was right. hijacked. The son was hijacked and and whisked away to Florida to get gender reassignment. But all of those stories we're going to do on Rumble. Meaning anybody that's watching live on Facebook, and I'm so glad that you're there. If you're tuning in, um, we want to be able to speak freely, and you guys want us to be able to speak. But freely. before we go, there's one last interesting story. So I'm going to drop the link a, for Rumble kind in of the a chat. Public interest story yes but she's going to drop it into the chat so head on over get that tab open on rumble and and head over there get in that chat especially if you're on a desktop but this is a very interesting story to me yeah. because i'm not a tesla fan i feel like they uh these self-driving cars are of the devil they self-drive themselves into car crashes and people die and so my first thought when this Tesla went over the cliff in California was that something went wrong with the Tesla. But in some sort of miraculous miracle, uh, a man with his wife and two children survived this crash over what's called the Devil's Slide. Now, you could bring this up and you can see the right. pictures here. However, there's a twist to this story. It's all the way to the left. It's Daily Mail. Okay. The father is being charged with attempted murder. What? Because they are claiming that he purposefully drove the car over the cliff and the car wouldn't let them die. No. Yes. Who's claiming this? So a Pasadena, a California doctor is charged now with attempted murder of his wife. You can scroll down so you can see their pictures and then scroll down and go ahead and see the car. And their two young children, by intentionally driving their Tesla off the slide of a 250-foot cliff, um, and this family's been pictured today. His name is um, Darmesh Patel, 42 years old, works as a radiologist of Providence uh, Holy Cross Medical Center in Pasadena. He is accused of intentionally driving his white Tesla Model Y off of a cliff known as the Devil's Slide on Monday near San Francisco during a trip north. Miraculously, all four members of the family, Patel and his wife and their kids, aged four and seven, survived without any serious injuries. Okay, look at this. The car was traveling northbound on Highway 1 near San Francisco on Monday morning. Witnesses say they saw Patel perform a U-turn and drive up onto the dirt area before plunging down the cliff. The rescue effort at dusk on Monday after emergency teams realized the family was alive. There's no indication the car was in self-driving mode when it veered off the road. The car's interiors remained largely intact despite the huge drop. The huge drop from the highway scene. You can now, you can watch that video if you want to bring it up. Um, and, and I'll keep reading. Initially, 
There were questions over whether the car, which is famous for its self-driving technology, had gone rogue and taken the family off the road by mistake. Now some are asking whether the vehicle, which has airbags adjacent to the two front seats, in addition to in, to in front of them, actually saved them. On Tuesday, police charged Patel with attempted homicide and child abuse. I don't know why it would be. I don't know if that's an addition. Um, alleging the incident was an attempted murder-suicide gone wrong. He has not been formally booked and is still at Stanford Hospital. It is unclear whether his wife and kids are still receiving treatment in the hospital or if they've been discharged. Neighbors told CBS News of their shock after learning of the allegations against Patel. And you can kind of so scroll let me go down back. through some let me of the pictures. Oh, every time I click off there, it unmutes. Um, you can scroll through some of the pictures here. Yeah. So the car is just a mangled mess. A miracle that they survived. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is, is what is the wife saying? I don't know. I mean, you would assume that if her husband tried to kill her, there would have been some conversation. Like, mm-hmm. where is this accusation coming from? That's what I want to know. Yeah, the neighbors say they were the sweetest couple with the great kids. Um, so, yeah, this is a really weird I don't know. situation. I don't trust it. So Elon just tweets out good news. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. All right. So join us on Rumble. All right. And y'all, let's take a little dive. Into I agree with the comment here from Jeff that says Rumble needs to allow comments on iPhone. I, know, I watch Jeff. there and comment here. Let me tell you what I will do. I will monitor the actual comment section because there's a live chat on Rumble on your desktop and your um, tablets and things like that, right? But your cell phones, I don't know why Rumble does not, I don't know what kind of technology they need to implement in order to allow a live to, chat. Can you drop the DLive into the chat? I'll drop the DLive. If you want to go watch on DLive, there's the comment, live comment section there. You guys can certainly go over there and watch. Um, there's a happening chat. chat on DLive. It's kind of like two teams, Rumble versus DLive. Yeah. DLive will let you um, comment on your phone. Yeah. And I, but I don't usually look at the actual comment section of Rumble. You will. I will today. I promise you that. So we're going to say goodbye to Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, we're going to say goodbye, but you're not going to want to miss the rest of the show because the rest of the show is really the whole show. So. And I can bring it up too. Adios to Facebook. I hate saying saying goodbye to Facebook. I really do. Right. But then we can't. I know. Explain to anybody anything. All right, I thought here. I was muted. You're not here. logged in. I'm not muted. All right, okay. You don't need to bring that up. That up. You're. I've got this. Okay. Let me do my job. All right. So first off, with January 6, why is the January 6 committee? Why have they sealed all important videos and documents for 50 years? You know why they want to be dead. <laughs> they want to be dead exactly when the truth right. comes out. No, so true. But let me back to the car thing. Dan Barry on Rumble says, maybe the car accused the driver of the murderous driving. You know, it's, you know, these smart cars. How well, smart me, are they? It was a driver. It was me. It was a driver. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. AI car being All like, right. So these people want to wait 50 years because they're going to be. Um, to in, hide their lives. Yes. To hide their lives. They, they have sealed them. But what we found, what we have discovered, though, that these things that get sealed, like the JFK documents. When their time is up, they they will release them completely redacted. It'll be a bunch of black lines. Here, we've released all your black lines. We need to know all. Okay, if it's an insurrection, tell us. No, it's a Fed insurrection. All right, let's go to somebody's human. Um, that's the the human side of this. There's, it's hard to cover every single January six prisoner. It just is because there's so many. There's so many treated wrongfully. In, yes. 
But here we have a mother cries for help. Her young son, Charles Smith, has been sentenced to 41 months for touching a huge sign that Ray Epps hurled at Capitol Police. Dear God. So this is Lori Smith and uh, her son, Charles Bradford Smith. He's a 24-year-old young patriotic American when the FBI raided his family's home in September of 2021. Brad has been held in the FCI Elkton Federal Correctional Institution, correct, correct, uh, Correctional Institution in Lisbon, Ohio. He was sentenced to 41 months in prison for touching a sign and for several made-up charges by the DOJ and the FBI. On January 6, 2021, Brad Smith stood outside the U.S. Capitol. At one point, a giant Trump sign passed over him, and he touched it for a couple seconds. Brad was one of a dozens of individuals who touched this, the giant Trump mega sign that was hurled at police. Brad did not act alone. Ray Epps also hurled this sign at police, and it was all caught on video. Patty Murray of 100% Fed Up discovered this video. Ray Epps has never been arrested or locked up for his crime or any crime on January 6th. Being a Fed operative, operative has its perks. Several Trump supporters sit in jail today for touching this sign as it passed over their heads. And then Brad Smith's mother wrote an open letter to Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is not doing anything for January 6th um, prisoners at all that I know of. Then we have Marshall Neffy, a 25-year-old Pennsylvania man, has been incarcerated for over a year since his arrest on, Septem on September 13th, 2021, for actions on January 6th. As the Gateway Pundit reported uh, last Thursday, uh, Neffy and his friend Smith were accused of participating in hurling a massive Trump sign at police. Um, then he was sentenced to 41 months in prison at that time. Uh, but Marshall Nefe was also not acting alone. Ray Epps and others were doing this, were throwing this. Um, and you can, you can see that this is, this is the sign and everyone, the and Ray Epps is in that corner. It. You can see very clearly that that's Ray Epps. The protesters walk it over to where the police are standing outside the U.S. Capitol. Ray Epps is with them the entire time. After the sign is released, the Ray Epps uh, uh, pops up and is seen standing and directing the crowd. It's captured on video, and you can press play if you want. And we've covered this on our show before, uh, the sign. And it's all about this sign. If anybody touched it for any length of time. And the people didn't know what it was going to be used for. I don't write they're touching it. No way. And it's, and here's the thing. It's not a full metal sign. Look at it, Michelle. Right. It's a cloth. It's cloth right. with a little metal around it. Right. Okay. This is what we are consistently seeing here. I'm just going to fast forward this. Mm -hmm. They've really slowed it down just so you can see all the different people. Um... And then they're getting like pepper sprayed and mm -hmm. and whatnot there. Um, but what we are consistently seeing through this mm -hmm. is punishment of medieval times mm -hmm. where, you know, you would get punished for something absolutely ridiculous and then get mm -hmm. sentenced essentially to death. Right. It's unconstitutional, the punishment that these young men have had, because it is in our Constitution that the punishment must equal the crime. Equal the crime. And if you're Black Lives Matter, um, remember, you can burn things down. You can burn whole buildings down. Yeah. And you will get you'll get off just fine. Now, I was actually going to play this clip on this next clip from Project Veritas. Remember, a New York Times reporter and you can bring it up. Um, it's still up. 
No, I, I, I would have oh, to look okay, at the main okay. screen. Said that the left overreacted on January 6th, which we all know that. But it had a few curse-type curse words in it, so I didn't play it on Brighteon, but go ahead and play it now. It's like January 6th stuff that is like so over at this point. It's so over. The left's overreaction, the left's reaction to it in some places was so over the top. It was like me and two other colleagues who were there, who were outside. And we were just having fun. Dude, come on, buddy. You were not in any danger. Matthew Rosenberg is a Pulitzer Prize-winning national security correspondent for the New York Times. Are you allowed to have that much fun on January 6th? Are you supposed to be warning? I know, I know. So, so if you're traumatized. <laughs> but like, I mean, all these colleagues who are in the building, I'm like, oh, my God, he's so scary. I'm like, oh, f God. Is that like, really the vibe, Matt? From them. I'm like, yeah. come on. Like, it's not the kind of place I can say tell someone to man up, but I kind of want to. You're like, dude, come on. Like, you were not in any danger. Got an Zola, got an Adam, got a bunch of being a Who is inside? Little, little dweebs who keep going on about their trauma. Like, guys, shut the f up. I don't know if they were about their trauma. This chick named Emily Cochran and this guy named Nick Fandos. They're both like in their 20s. Nick like, can we do like part two of that? Like what's going on in the years from January 6th to kind of like memory holding it? Like maybe it's no big deal. Yeah, we can do that. It's a little quick turnaround. It's really what we've been doing the last few days. That's the story. But it's been a meeting. And like, you know, one of the issues here is that like on the Fox News of the world, other elsewhere is that the left's overreaction, the left's reaction to it in some places was so over the top that it gave the opening, the right even, to start introducing the idea of, well, these people are out of control. Like, it's not a big deal as they're making it. They were making it too big a deal. They were making this organized thing that it wasn't. And that gave the opening for the illusions and the right to be like, oh, well, nothing happened here. It was just a peaceful bunch of tourists, you know? And it's like, just, but nobody was here. There were a ton of FBI informants on the people who attacked the Capitol. That was us, not the right one us. For the CIA, no. NSA, it's like, if you work there, you get polygraphed every year, and you're asked if you spoke to a reporter. Your answer is anything but no, you're in trouble. So I've been talking to former people as a time when people are still there. So there you go. Straight from the horse's mouth there. It's not, it was January 6th. Was, he was there, and he knows people. He's talking about, you know, um, he's talking to former FBI agents who are essentially confirming everything that we have known about mm -hmm. January 6th all along. So mm -hmm. again, great work by Project Veritas there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, Joe Biden, he has some words to say about um, January 6th today. Of course he does. First of all, he said that um, what happened on, well, let's just hear him. Consequential. Wait, wait, wait. Not a joke. Totally, totally consequential. Not a joke. If I can halt for a second and just say to you, the impact what happened on July the 6th had international repercussions beyond what I think any of you can fully understand. Fully consequential, not a joke. If I can halt for a second and just say to you, the impact what happened on July the 6th had international repercussions beyond what I think any of you can fully understand. So has anybody been looking up what happened on July 6th? No, because I didn't had, know. Maybe no. hang on, though. This could be a Q conspiracy. Like, what if something happened on July sixth? No, you don't understand. What happened on July sixth had repercussions uh, internationally, internationally beyond what we could ever know. But what I'm saying, Leah, internationally, is Michelle, just 
hang on a minute. Beyond we could ever know. What if there was really something that happened on July 6th and Joe Biden just let that slip? Internationally, because, because January 6th had an international... Because January 6th did not have anything to do internationally. So it had, it had to be something else. So there's else. something more there that happened on July. I want to know what happened on July 6th. Well, Joe Biden also says here, you can bring this up, that Capitol Police Officer William Evans died as a result. Hang on, of- wait, 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 wait. Is this a fresh speech? Yeah. From today? Yeah. Because we have already covered Joe Biden himself claiming that police officers died on January 6th, and that is patently false. Here we got another one. Jeez. How did they let this guy out? Well, here's the thing. A lie will get you halfway around the world. But So what I'm saying is I like him lying. Leah, I don't think that this is a Biden flub. I think that they have told him that this is true. Right. Because here. No, but this is in there. This isn't sick. They're saying he just said the Capitol Police Officer William Evans died as a result of threats by these sick, sick insurrectionists. Officer Evans was killed by a black nation of Islam supporter who rammed him with a car. It's long overdue. Today is a ceremony to honor heroes of January 6th. We also recognize the late U.S. Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans. His family's with us today. This was a setup. Three months after January 6th, while they're still cordoning off the Capitol because threats by these sick insurrectionists continued to be profligated on the internet. Again, all America saw what happened. What Officer Evans was killed defending the checkpoint it had to go through to get up to the Capitol because of these god-awful sick threats that continue to move forward. And the whole world saw it. It's just hard to believe. It's hard to believe it could happen here in America. This is sick. The guy was a member of the Nation of Islam and had nothing to do with the... Um, with the with the with the election or anything. With January sixth. No. Nothing at all. He was an he was a nation of Islam crazy man. What he's claiming is that there were checkpoints that were put into place as a result of threats from January sixth. Mm-hmm. And had that checkpoint not been there, then this officer would not have died. And the checkpoint was only there because of the threats of January sixth. So essentially it's almost like he's saying he was randomly hit by a car. Because why wouldn't he then call out the Nation of Islam guy? I mean, this is this is again going back to like guns kill people, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It, thinking, yeah. yeah for wow, real. that was so reaching. They needed a hero, and they don't have any because no one died from January sixth. Well, except for Ashley Babbitt, and Ashley Babbitt's mom went there to protest as she was arrested today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and actually, there was another woman who was a protester, uh, a January 6th protester, and she was trampled on, and she died. Yeah, that's right. But no police officers died that day. Exactly. Uh, there were police officers who committed suicide. Hmm, they suicided. Maybe they knew the Clintons. How is it that everybody... So let's just give the last one over here. Um, as, uh, I think... Yeah, as we come together to commemorate this solemn anniversary of January 6th, let's remember some pictures. 
Now this one is particularly scary. You should probably have your children out of the room uh, with this one as people actually stayed within, what are those called? The barriers, whatever those are called, you know, the hand, hand hail thing. Velvet colored, velvet covered ropes. Yeah, so the, the Trump supporters that went in in an insurrection within the velvet covered rope. It's the cleanest insurrection I've ever seen in my life. Well, to me, this is a this is scary. Terrifying. Absolutely scary. Do you think BLM would stay within the velvet co covered ropes? No, I think they would take the velvet covered ropes and steal them. When we have uh, Buffalo Boy, who we actually kind of felt was a plant... It's come to find out that he's just not all mentally there and he's not doing very well in prison. Um, I'm not sure about this one. Well, clearly he's protecting himself from COVID. And then the cleanup afterwards. So The mess. The mess of the that was bottles the of water. Of the bottle, yeah, it was looked really scary. Looked really, really scary. And, and here's the thing that really gets me out of all this. And I... And, and, I think I can say this. You're not going to get upset at me because we're not on Facebook, so I should be allowed to say whatever I want. Move freely about the cabin. <laughs> for all of the flack that we get on the right for being these gun-toting, Second Amendment-touting, you know, Americans, with militias literally across the nation, if we had wanted to stage an insurrection, yeah, you would know mm -hmm. that it was an insurrection. Mm -hmm. And you would not have denied Nancy Pelosi the National Guard that Trump wanted to bring in. Mm -hmm. The National Guard would have been called in immediately, mm -hmm. pre preemptively, because you don't stage it. There's no random insurrections, by the mm -hmm. way. Most of most retired police officers and men in the military are Republicans mm -hmm. and voted for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me that if we had wanted to stage an insurrection, it would not have been a bigger boom. It would have been a, a boom. Yeah. All right. So there was a guy who I believe was paid to try to stage a Fed insurrection. And it's the only guy in all of this that hasn't been... Arrested. Let's remember Ray Epps. Wait for it. There he is. <laughs> as soon as President Trump is finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. That's where our true problems lie. President Trump is done speaking. We are going to the Capitol. That's where our problems are. Okay, folks, we need your help. As soon as President Trump stops speaking, we are going to the Capitol. Capitals in that direction. Let people know. Spread the word. As soon as President okay. Trump. Is so now, um, if you look here, January 6th committee abandoned all pretense of legitimacy. This is Thomas Massey. When they bent over backwards to exonerate Ray Epps, who persistently directed protesters to go into the Capitol, told protesters he expected he'd go to jail and texted, I also orchestrated it once his mission was complete. So I'm going to open this article up and I haven't, um, we don't have this up for Michelle, so we're going to open it up. I orchestrated it. Ray Epps texted his nephew on January 6th. Um, let's see, Ray Epps, the man who f was filmed at the Capitol, 
in the lead up of January 6th saying we need to go to the Capitol, texted his nephew on January 6th that he orchestrated it. He orchestrated it. So according to the January, 21, January 21st, 2022 transcript of Ray Epps' interview with the January 6th committee, he was texting his nephew, Daylin, and said, I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. In one video featured on Tucker Carlson, Rep Epps was filmed on January 5th saying, we need to go to the Capitol. We know that. So the question is, uh, and this is just new coming out, uh, Ray Epps texted his nephew and says, I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. So what do you, what Ray Epps was asked, what did you mean by orchestrate? What did you orchestrate? He says, I just meant that I got, you have to understand our relationship, uncle, nephew. We hunt together. We have fun with each other. We do that kind of stuff. What I meant by orchestrate, I help uh, get people there. What is this? I don't so understand. So the other young men that we showed earlier are in jail for 41 months because they touched a sign. They touched a sign. I right. touched the sign. I mean, this is, uh, this is, again, they are covering up the fact that the federal government staged a faux insurrection mm -hmm. so that evidence of a stolen election mm -hmm. would not be presented before the American people. That's what I think. That's what this all boils down to. This is a bigger cover-up than JFK, the JFK assassination, yeah. than the Bay of Pigs, than all of it. I think so. I believe so. All right. But I do have something coming out um, in regards to Fulton County, Georgia. You guys remember um, the, 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 the putting of getting the ballots out for underneath the table? Yes. Well... Um, there's some interesting police footage that's come out and Emma Robinson, who's on, um, Mike Lindell's TV kind of talks to the, the other reporters had this information and they did not let it out. And you can come They're They're letting you come to your own conclusion. We're going to come to our own conclusion. So let's roll em, uh, Emerald's clip It's a longer clip, but I feel like it does kind of go to approving a little bit of the. The setup here. Now you probably remember this footage from the State Farm Arena in Fulton County, Georgia on the night of November the 3rd, 2020. The footage showing a mother-daughter team of election workers pulling a box of ballots from underneath the table and scanning them late in the night after other election workers and poll watchers were told to go home. That counting for the night had ceased due to a burst pipe in the facility. Now this security cam footage became a focal point for the rigged 2020 elections, making the mother, Ruby Freeman, and her daughter, Shay Moss, national figures, testifying for the J6 committee, saying their lives were destroyed, filing suits against media and people like Rudy Giuliani that reported on and questioned their actions, even settling a suit with One American News for an undisclosed amount. But newly obtained police body cam and ring doorbell footage appears to contradict the testimony ultimately provided by Freeman and her daughter. Here is Freeman explaining to officers in Fulton County why she pulled the box of ballots underneath from underneath the table that fateful night and scanned them. So 
to a call from Freeman at her home on the night of July 4th, 2020, after two Georgia Republican Party members attempted to talk to her at her home. He told her that he wanted to help him, you know, about the ballot going. Mm-hmm. He wanted, he thought he would be helping if he knew what was going to get worse, and he wanted to help him before it gets too late. But I ain't trying to talk to nobody about the old white man, old white man, I don't know. I don't know who talked to me. I don't like them little white guys that come here with God, yeah, don't trust me. Now the police response continued down at the station where Freeman told officers that they would be amazed at even more information she had about the elections, specifically related to this footage you're currently seeing on your screen, and USB ports. But the USB ports, I really, I really, I would love to go but Miss Ruby, as she's often referred to by her friends, never went live with that information and get an attorney she did, apparently a very well-connected attorney named Michael Gottlieb, who has represented none other than Hunter Biden in the past and is an alum of the Obama administration. In a press release, Gottlieb's firm Wilkes, Farr and Gallagher praised the attorney for media appearances discussing their case to restore their pro bono client's reputation. Pro bono. So this high-powered D.C. law firm took the case for free. So why is this information just now coming out? Well, it turns out that nearly a dozen outlets had this information a long time ago. In fact, over a year ago but for some reason, never shared it. But fortunately for us, one outlet, Creative Destruction Media and the Georgia Record, also gained access to the footage, and they have bravely put it all out there for the public to see and judge for themselves and the good folks at CD Media, the Georgia Record, the editor and publisher for them, joins us now, L. Todd Wood. Thank you so much for being uh, with us, Todd. This is so important for the public to have access to, and it's, it's information we should have had a long time ago. It sure is, Emerald. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, and look, we, we're just asking the public to go and look at the, the video on our site on the georgiarecord.com and, and listen to yourself. I mean, we posted everything out there, so we're not holding anything back. We did post some clips, but you, you can make your own decision as to the audio and, make, and, and decide for yourself what she's saying. Uh, we posted the door cam video, we posted the 9-11 call, uh, and the uh, police body cam at the Cobb County Police. So it's all out there. This should have been out a long time ago. The American public should have 
had access to this to make their own decision to decide if Joe Biden is a legitimate president or not, in my opinion. Yeah, so give us a little more context about this, mm -hmm. about, you know, why she called. It sounds to me like, and I listened to all the footage you put out there, mm -hmm. sounds to me like Ruby Freeman actually wanted to blow the whistle initially. Yeah, it, she was concerned about, you know, legal liability, obviously. She says she wants help. Uh, multiple people tried to help her, some she didn't trust. Uh, but she did eventually, and, and this, she talks about this in her door cam video uh, with the police officer. Uh, eventually, she's, she agreed to have a meeting with the Cobb County Police with, with other people who she trusted. That happened. And then she goes in depth as to, as you said, how the ballots were taken from under the table. And then she teases with the uh, thumb drive. And then, you know, people need to realize that Ruby worked for Happy Faces, which was a firm, uh, you know, associated with Ruby or with Stacey Abrams. And this firm, we've documented in depth about the criminal behavior, literally, this firm, uh, you know, conducted uh, over a period of years in the Georgia elections. And so, obviously, Abrams got to Ruby before anybody else could, and she had says this. And then, and therefore, you know, it was it was covered up, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. In fact, she talks about uh, the hiring process, essentially, and how she mm -hmm. was, they said they needed, quote, unquote, good people. And she really emphasized that, good yeah. people to go work at the State Farm Arena. Let's take a listen. Mm -hmm. She was excited about the whole thing. What mm -hmm. exactly did she mean by good people in these red boxes? And Well, again, people can make their own judgments. I mean, one interpretation of that could be that they wanted people that they could trust to uh, commit, you know, election fraud in State Farm. Uh, you, you could read it another way. But that's, in my opinion, there was a group of people uh, inside Fulton County that they could trust to do what they needed to get the count where they needed. She talks about the ballot number was low. We need to get the number up. And that's obviously the, the number for mm -hmm. Biden against Trump. So, you know, and there's a lot breaking in Georgia. I mean, Georgia is literally the epicenter, along mm -hmm. with Arizona, of fraud in the country. And we've got finally some relief in the Supreme Court in Georgia with the 140,000 ballots still in Fulton County in storage, we hope, still unmolested that mm -hmm. can be used and scanned by Judge Amaro, who's going to have to look at, again, the standing issue. And, and, and he's already said there's enough evidence to, to you know, break the seals and actually scan the ballots past the DPI uh, initial ballot images that they received. Wow. You know, here's the deal. Errol Robinson, in my opinion, is uh, just as good, if not way better, no, way better than any reporter on Fox News. Um, 
she is top quality. Mm -hmm. Okay. We had the privilege of interviewing her at the moment of truth summit this past year, which was going over election fraud. So I want to take a moment for you guys to recognize that, that Lindell TV has secured one of the top reporters in America to be, to be reporting on Lindell TV. Mike Lindell is at the forefront of this fight. So I want to just, in the middle of the today's show, I want to encourage you guys to go to mypillow.com forward slash RC. Right now they have a sheet sale going on. So they have their Giza sheets right now as low as $29.99 right wow. now. Okay. So that is an incredible, incredible deal. Leah, you have the Giza dream sheets. Love them. You absolutely love them. You love have that them. green color. Um, I have the flannel sheets. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. So I love fleece sheets. I have fleece sheets. I absolutely love the fleece sheets. I had to wash my MyPillow sheets this week. And so I took them off and I put on my fleece sheets. I really miss my MyPillow flannel sheets. Oh, like no. I miss them. They're clean now and I need to put them back on my bed. But like I love those sheets that much. They are crisp. They are top quality. They're so, so top quality. These, these, the, I have been looking for good sheets my entire life. When I was a kid, my friends, my friend Jen had like, her mom always had like the nice sheets. Like, you know, those like thick quality sheets. And as an adult, I've never, never been, been able, able to find, find those sheets that I'm looking for that are yeah, like top quality. The pillow quality. guy also has the top quality sheets. Like the kind that you want your grandma's kind of sheets. Right. So as low yeah. as $29.99, go to mypillow.com forward slash RC. There's a whole host of other things right there. Right. But this week, since the sheets are on sale i gotta push the sheets man yeah mypillow.com forward slash rc use promo and code and there's a whole uh, it's a fun store where you can find all kinds of cool patriots my 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 store.com yeah so you can go ahead and shrink take that right there that little eyeball there this one yep click it okay. again click it again there it goes oh now it's back nope no nope, there it goes gone. all right so i'm gonna screen share again yep and we're gonna go to emma robinson one more time because she has an interview here with darren Beatty. Um, on January 6th. And I kind of want to play a little bit of that because he is the top Look reporter, at the reporting that she's doing on this. Oh, it's like so this is, It's so good. I was standing in the Canada Rotunda at the Capitol building when Capitol Police basically rushed and pushed me off air while I was reporting on what was supposed to be a, a soon-to-come detailed presentation of election fraud on the floor of Congress during the Electoral College certification process. A presentation, as we all know, that never got to happen. I sat in the basement of the Capitol with reporters and members of Congress who seemed mostly concerned that the Capitol Hill Dunkin' Donuts had closed while no one could actually leave the building as grandpas and grandmas took a tour of the Capitol. But to hear them tell it now to their therapists and MSNBC, it was the worst day of their lives. Now these official lies of January 6th and the 2020 election continue today even though the majority of Americans believe Joe Biden cheated in the election, while American patriots continue to sit unconstitutionally in the D.C. gulag, Joe Biden today will award presidential medals to people like the infamous State Farm Arena and Georgia election worker Ruby Freeman and Capitol Policeman with the fake Southern accent Michael Carone. With a list of honorees like that, one might wonder why even Ray Epps is not included. Nothing Burger cries the corporate media today regarding the recently released Ray Epps transcript from the J6 committee. But a quick reading of the testimony reveals key details while the only person called on camera... <laughs>
<laughs> we need to go into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. I heard anyone say it. that. Booted the DC Gulag and get bomber for them. The Bureau is now offering a 500000 Finally, they're offering a half million dollar for the pipe bomber at the Capitol uh -huh. two years later. Because yeah. everybody's like, well, you know that grant that we had fake plant that thing? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think we should kind of like pretend to be looking at it? In honor of the two-year J6 anniversary. Now, we're sure the Bureau is working very, very hard to capture this obviously Trump-supporting villain. Now, we've learned a lot in the last two years with no thanks to members of Congress, federal law enforcement, or the corporate media, but thanks to intrepid and diligent independent journalists like Revolver News' Darren Beatty, who, is a great, who has a great updated piece on Fs and other suspicious figures, some we haven't even talked about yet, from that faithful day. And Darren joins us now. Darren, you know... We're so it's glad you're here hair. on this January 6th anniversary with us because I don't know really anyone that's done any better reporting than you have on it. And we want to say congratulations on your, I believe, forthcoming book, right? You'll have to clarify if it's out yet. It's called J uh, The January Report, the report of the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. I can't wait to read it. Well, thanks so much, and thanks for having me. And yes, a uh, bunch of different publications are releasing the full January 6th committee report, which is itself trash. But what Skyhorse has done is they said, hey, why don't we release a version and have Darren Beatty write a, an extensive introduction to it with one part basically deconstructing the composition of the committee itself, showing that it was never set up to be an objective fact-finding mission. And then the second part, the juicier part, frankly, the darker part that maybe some people don't even want to read or stomach, exploring the questions that the J6 committee was set up specifically to obfuscate and deflect from. And those questions impinge upon our friend, our good old friend we saw, Ray Epps, and the pipe bomb, which constitute the two kind of smoking guns of the January 6th Fedsurrection. Now, I think, you know, it's that time of year. It's January 6th. It's the second anniversary. If I've done my job well, the iconic footage of Ray Epps' Fed behavior will be just as closely associated with January 6th as Home Alone is with Christmas. Every time January 6th comes along, we're watching the video of Ray Epps telling people to go into the Capitol, go into the Capitol. And by the way, the transcripts of the uh, interview with the committee and Epps, there's quite something. Adam Kinsinger steps in repeatedly to offer the most implausibly charitable interpretations of Epps' many lies and inconsistencies. Just to give you an example of some other than the ones you mentioned, like he was saying it's doctored footage that people are saying Epps, Epps, Epps. That's a level of delusion that's quite remarkable. He said that he thought it would be legal to go into the Capitol and that cops would just open up the doors to everybody, which is interesting in light of the fact that they did kind of do that, not that it was legal. But it's interesting he maintained he thought it was legal, given that in the clips you provided, both times he exhorts people to go in the Capitol, he prefaces it with this really rehearsed methodical thing saying, I'm probably going to get arrested for this. I'm probably going to go to jail for this. And now he's telling them, oh, I thought it was perfectly legal. Um, there's so many contradictions. He claims that once they got to that 
position in the bike rack at the west perimeter. He said, then I realized we weren't allowed to go in. And so I abandoned any idea of going in myself or anyone else. Well, amazingly, the committee was astute enough to point out that there's actually video of Epps telling a guy right at the bike rack is saying, when we go in, leave this here, referring to a can of bear spray. When we go in, totally contradicting his claim that he abandoned ideas to go into the Capitol once they got to that location. And the funny thing is, the fact that the, some committee member, not Kinsinger, but some committee member was astute enough to bring up that video is funny because the only reason they had that video is Revolver News. That specific video, I mean, Revolver didn't take the video, but the video existed in reference to another guy called Maroon Proudboy. The only reason I think in all probability that they would be aware of that video was because Revolver featured it in a very popular series on Ray Epps, which is available. You can go to revolver.news and watch it. Again, it's the home alone of January 6th. Watch the video of Ray Epps. So it's kind of funny that they're actually using footage from Revolver News' reporting when in the J6 transcript, Ray Epps is bemoaning, oh, those damn conspiracy theorists at you know, Revolver News, how dare they? And Kinsinger is complaining about it. He probably cried to sleep about it. Um, so it's, it really is, if they were thinking that releasing the, J, the Ray Epps transcript helps their case, whoever's idea it was to green light that needs to be fired because it's embarrassingly bad. All right. Okay. That was an excellent spot there from Emerald Robinson. So, um, very, very well done. Uh, Darren Beattie does, we, we actually showcase him on our show. Not, we've never had him on our show, but you go yeah. to his, his reports all the time. Right. Um, couple more things before we go. I want to play this Tucker clip about um, a father who went all the way to the highest Texas Supreme Court that he could to try to get his wife, his ex-wife, to stop trying to transition his son. And we've actually shared this story before, uh, especially in the beginning. This son would come to his house. Mm -hmm. He would be a boy there. And then he would go to his mom's I can't house. This is still going because that was so long ago. And the mom would try to transition this child. Well, she's now taken to the sanctuary state of California, where California is saying, any of you uh, parents, divorced parents, you want to transition your kids, bring them to California. We will it's abuse, castrate, um, mutilate your child for you. California has now declared itself a sanctuary state for adults who want to sexually mutilate their children in the name of gender ideology. One father in Texas called Jeff Younger now fears that his ex-wife is taking advantage of this deranged law, a law that we will all be ashamed of a generation from now. She's just moved to California with their nine-year-old son. She is convinced that the boy is actually a girl. You're a boy, right? No, I'm a girl. Who told you you were a girl? Mommy. <clears throat> when did she tell you you were a girl? Cause I love girls. Oh, I see. So mommy told you you were a girl? Uh-huh. Um, does mommy um, do anything else like with a girl with you? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like Jesus. What, what does she do? She do dependent on me. She puts dresses on you? Oh, wow. Ah, that's just the saddest thing. That's a child. Well, Jeff Younger, the father of that boy, went to the Texas Supreme Court to try to protect his son. He wanted an order to prevent his ex-wife from having the boy sexually mutilated in the state of California. But the court rejected his petition 
in an eight to one vote. Shocking. Jeff Younger joins us tonight. Mr. Younger, thank you very much for coming on. Will you how, watch that video how, and it just you know, hurts. Yeah, I mean, it's the first iPhone video I ever took. Uh, and, you know, my blood ran cold when I realized what she had planned for that boy. And, you know, it, it escalated to eventually she registered him in school as a girl. I had to put, shut that down. So the Capel School District began to secretly transition my son. I'd bring my son to school in boys' clothes, and they'd give him a dress and make him use the girls' restroom. And it even escalated further where she began to present him to the world as a girl. I lived under temporary orders from a court where I wasn't even allowed to tell my son that he was a boy, where I had to present him to the world as a girl. And, you know, my, my, his twin brother got completely confused by all this. We wound up going to a 2019 trial where the courts gave me 50-50 custody and joint conservator rights to check her ability to transition my son. And the corrupt Democrat establishment in Dallas County transferred my case into the 301st District Court with Judge Mary Brown, and she never implemented the uh, trial with a jury verdict, and has, through temporary orders, stripped me of all my parental rights and eventually allowed my ex to move to California right before, just a, just a few days before, the sanctuary law in California went into effect. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's so upsetting. I mean, we're talking about destroying a child's life. Nine, you know, even last year, people who were in favor, who believed that you could change sexes mm -hmm. by active will, even they would concede nine was too young. Now we're just completely off the rails. Yes. Did any adult in authority step up to help you and protect this nine-year-old boy? No, she started transitioning when he was two. Uh, she tried to enroll him into, in a gender clinic when he was five, the Genesis Clinic in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the pediatrician's records show that she intended to chemically castrate him at age eight or nine, his current age, and then he magically moves to California. You know, I don't think this is an accident. Absolutely no one in the state of Texas has stood up for me except for Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General. I went to the legislature on two sessions, and by some quantitative measures, I generated more political power for a bill against transgender child abuse than for any bill in Texas history. Some offices were recording 300 lobbyists a day on my bills. We could not get that bill passed because the Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, blocked those bills from passage. So the legislature did nothing. The governor did not mobilize the agencies to protect Texas children from these abusive procedures. Sterilization and chemical castration did nothing. I could not get the executive branch to move. I thought I would get relief in the appellate courts, in the judicial branch, and I go up to the Texas Supreme Court, and they determine absurdly that my wife is no more likely to transition my son in California under the sanctuary laws than she would in Texas. And absurdly, not even really reading Senate Bill 107, claims that we can enforce an injunction against her in California when a plain reading of the bill says that they will not enforce these injunctions, they will not obey subpoenas, they will not obey extradition, and they will not return the children to me under any circumstances. At some point, all of these children will be adults, and they're going to look at us, the adults who should have been protecting them. Uh, they will. With, with rage. Okay. Yeah. But not wow. you. Uh, you. You've done your best. And our so heart goes out to you. there's a couple things to kind of pull out of what he's saying. And this is why speakers of the House, now we're learning, are very important. Yeah. And why the establishment and why the rhinos and why um, basically the Democrats, we have to call them what they are. I know people want you not to be um, biased, but no Democrat is putting forward um, a pro-life bill. No Democrat is putting forward a save kids from being transition bill. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and the only bipartisan 
bills that we are seeing are some school choice bills where I have seen Democrats across uh, aisles, but I've never seen a Democrat speaker bring it to the forward. And in, in Ohio, we were going to get a backpack bill mm. uh, so that children could choose where they go to school. And that would change the dynamics of everything so that not all kids are brainwashed with this ideology. You can yeah. choose a Christian school if you want. And a lot of Christian schools are with the, this ideology now. So you have to be really careful where you send your kids. In red-blooded Texas, where the people who are voting in this vast majority of representatives in Texas, they do not want children trans to be oh, transitioned. Oh, no way. Yeah, absolutely. But the Speaker of the House holds all of this power. And the governor, there was a race for governorship. And, and, and Abbott won. And he went on Tucker Carlson several times to try to defend his record. And Tucker, you know, held his feet to the fire. But when it comes down to it, Abbott's not a real Republican. No. And these speakers of the houses are not real Republicans. And we're learning, we're unlearning the way we used to do things. And we're relearning things. It's not enough to elect a Republican to your, to your state and house committee. Now, now we're learning a lot of stuff. Number one, you have to be involved at the local level. Number two... Uh, even just your Republican um, uh, committees, who they pick who gets put on the ballot. Mm -hmm. So who are you? Who your who your representatives are going to be? And that's a, a whole Republican committee. Uh, we've got a central committee, and that's super corrupt. There's yeah. all this super corruption. Is all these people who aren't they don't hold to the ideals that you and I hold to. No, absolutely. I love what No Remorse here says on D Live. Um, we need more men like him out there fighting for our kids. Patriot Gallery says they have lost touch with reality caused by counterfeited fiat paper dollars. They believe it's real, so of course they believe that the boy is uh, a girl. No Remorse says agreed. Dems want as much chaos as possible right now because they are getting back-end money and they always have. Linda says it's disgusting what they allow to do. Absolutely. This is it's totally vile. It's, it, it, again... Boils down to the fact that it is satanic. Mm -hmm. And you can't cast out the devil by the devil, which is why we as the church have to be using God's tools in order to, to hold these people accountable. Yeah, last story before we let you guys go for the evening. Uh, Pierre Corey says that this is the 16th positive statistically significant controlled trial that sh shows ivermectin is highly effective in preventing COVID-19. He says, I've been trying to tell the U.S. and the world about this for two years. Thank you, Elon Musk. Now that all these doctors are being let on, on tw back on Twitter, um, our, our uh, friend, Dr. Syed Haider, yeah. he has something that you guys should all... Uh, go and, and purchase, which is... We get for, no kickback for, for this. For $50, you can get his long COVID summit. Yeah. And it, it shows you if you've had brain fog, fatigue, um, even loss of taste of smell, um, lots of things that people are still dealing with, even just even some yes. health issues. Uh, Dr. Syed Hyder's long COVID summit with a bunch of different it's doctors. It's called longcovidreset.com. So let me pull this up here so you guys can see it. So we're going to try to get him back on our show. Um, it's not that we have to try. We are just, we're going to get him back on the show. We want to talk about this long COVID reset, but I don't want to hold back that information from you. No, in the meantime. In the meantime. So I want everybody to, to, to get a hold of ivermectin. There are th places you can go. Um, uh, you, you go to um, how to, um, how to fight the bug. What's, what do I call it? 
on our resistancechicks.com. Oh, just go article. to resistancechicks.com and put in the word bug in the search bar. Bug. And then both articles. Will okay, come up. so and I've got lists of places where you can buy ivermectin. Also, if you go to my go to doc, D O C, my go, G O two, yeah, my go to doc. Um, oh no, it's not delivered. Sorry, sorry. There you go. Uh, you can get uh, sub- medicines on hand. You can get antibiotics on hand. Um, Guys, we get zero kickback from this. We literally are telling you this because there are so many people out there that need help with this. Right. And, and so, so many people are still co- suffering from long COVID. It's not even funny. Right. Exactly. Let me tell you what I'm doing, though. Go ahead, tell them. So I read in an Epoch Times article because I did the uh, nicotine gum, which the nicotine gum actually worked. 100% it worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't stick with it long enough and I couldn't stick with the, with it long enough just because it it was a rigorous routine. Mm-hmm. I think it was, what, three times a day for exactly 10 minutes I had to chew this gum. I was just not good at staying on top of it. Like, I tried so hard. Mm-hmm. It brought back my sense of taste and smell. And then when I stopped chewing it, as soon as I got my sense of taste and smell back, I lost it again. I tried the nicotine patch. That did not work for me. And I did that religiously, and it did—it just did not work. Um, but the Epoch Times came out with an article stating that if you did, they, they said running. We're just going to go with running. There's other exercises that I guess you could do to that level that would work. But they said to run for three weeks solid. It had to be three weeks. I don't run. Leah is the runner. If I'm running, something is chasing me. It's not to say that I'm not incredibly athletic. I am. I love tennis. I love softball. I love all sorts of sports. I just hate running. Okay? Like, for the sake of running. But I have been committed to doing it. I have done it for four days now out of the three weeks that I need to do it. So 17 runs left. Um, Why? Because it's supposed to, if you run at a slow pace, you're supposed to be slow. Right. Well, your pace. You don't have to burn yourself out. Is what right. you're saying. Just your pace, and it builds up your mitochondria. Yeah. Which is what the long COVID attacks. Mm-hmm. So that's why this helps. But you have to do it for three weeks. I'll probably do it a little bit longer for good measure. I am not going to become a runner after this, even though I'm really good at it. I just don't like it. I think yeah. it's stupid. No offense to anybody out there that runs. I think it's it's ridiculous. There's got to be other things that you can do for fun. Okay, guys. So you're going to join us Sunday for our World News Roundup. We haven't done that in a while we've been we've had some christmas specials which i've really enjoyed the new year's special it's actually been nice to kind of just uh we took a break take like, a little break but it wasn't really a really break because we, we recorded them. it ahead of time yeah but we'll be back with world news at 1 30 on sunday uh in the meantime if you guys uh here it comes we're gonna go uh, and michelle's like why don't we fo- focus uh give a focal point on other things that vicky natalie sells which is organic uh, I always do it. Body, Body essentials. essentials. This is the flawless uh, face serum. That's because it's they are all upstairs in the bathroom where we use them. Which this really cool uh, facial scrub thing. It's the um, best. Do you guys remember the um, satin hands from what was it? Was Arbonne. it Mary Kay? Arbonne. No, it wasn't Arbonne. Yeah, because it, the lady, the Arbonne lady. It wasn't Arbonne. It no, was satin Arbonne. hands is Mary Kay. Well, the Arbonne lady has it okay, too. Okay, well, anyway, when I was a kid, they would do Mary Kay parties, and you'd scrub your hands with the stuff, well, and then Vicky's the, stuff has way more, like, essential oils and natural stuff Vicky's in stuff it. is actually, like, food for your skin. It's healthy so for the, your she's skin. So she's got this grapeseed um, mask that you put on your face, 
and then you use the scrub, and when you take it off, your face feels like it's like singing. And then you put the the lotion, the face lotion on yeah. it, and it's just like, oh my gosh, you literally, like, you probably should do it again. Oh, thanks. I'm, I, well, what I mean by that is you've showcased doing it twice on the show. Okay. And I look at your face every time we go live. Okay. And I can tell a huge difference mm. when you use it and when you do it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm yeah, telling you right doesn't. now. Your skin looks really good because you've been using it. It looks increased. It looks so good. Okay. But I can tell a drastic difference right after you use it and for the next few days. Okay. So, when was the last time you used it? Be honest. It's been a little while. That's what I'm saying. It's time to do it again. It I is. haven't done it in a while either. But I'll tell you what I have been using is that Flawless Face Serum. It's helped with these crow's feet, which I don't have any crow's feet. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, ah. All right. Also, remember, guys, if you guys want to get the Founders Bible, oh, use Resistance Chicks. You get saved 20%. This is the best. You know what I you know what this I told you? This is our Leah? best deal that we share. I, I'm going to be straight up honest with y'all on the show. This is I, I don't know. You're going to maybe if this, this happens later, you can just say, you know, whatever. This is literally crazy deal. I told you, I said, Brad Cummings could give us a 10% code. And then Leah and I could get a 10% cut on this because we don't get a big cut on this. But instead, Brad's just passing it all on to you guys. Yeah, Okay. we are too. 20% is incredible. The Bible's like, you know, whatever they are. They're high quality. You're getting 20% off. I was told legit when a friend of ours, Cassandra Watkins of uh, Justice Unhinged. No, that's um, Justice Uncensored, Cassandra Watkins. She goes, uh... I gave her the promo code and she goes, thank you. That was a very significant discount after she checked out. I'm like, that's right. Promo code resistance chicks on thefoundersbible.com. Our friends, Robert and Jamie Ag of bannersforfreedom.com just gave some founders Bibles to their away. Whole, like a county like, council or something. Yeah. Commissioners. Something like that. I was really, really proud of them. Yeah. And I'm sure they used promo code resistance chicks there. All so. right, guys, we have a P.O. box, too, if you want to send us your letters. it's We're going to open we're up gonna some open stuff. We're going to open up a package on, we'll open up, a, yeah, let's open up a couple of these and then a package on Sunday. Well, so on Sunday, we'll open up the package. But here's the P.O. box address right there. Resistance 107 Chicks. Milford, Ohio, 45150. Send us your letters and we will read them on air unless otherwise. Are you going to open that one? You want to do it right now? Well, yeah. We I have a to... whole package coming on Sunday from Jim West. Is Jim in the chat tonight? Okay. So we had already opened this because we couldn't wait, but look at that beautiful cat. This one didn't make it in time for our Christmas uh, package opening here. Uh, so this is from Kate. Dear Michelle and Leah, wishing you the gifts of peace and happiness this Christmas and throughout the new year. Love, Kate. God bless and much love to you both. So thank you so, and so very much. this one is from our dear friend. That's Kate in Bradley Beach, New Jersey. I love knowing where you guys are from. I do too. It's so cool. All over the country and in the world. Michelle Gallagher. Michelle Gallagher. She is the author of and put together the Forefathers, Forefathers Guide to the Forefathers Guidebook. The Guidebook yeah. to the Forefathers Monument, I think yeah. is what it's called. I think I dropped the card. That's her card that'll have it on there, have all that information on there. This has got um, Michelle Gallagher. There's a telephone number. That, no, yeah, you better not show that. Proclamation House. That must must be her. Proclamation House. Publishing? Org. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Leah and Michelle and your beautiful mom, may God continue to bless and sustain you in 2023 and use you in even greater ways to bring truth and expand God's kingdom. Love Michelle and Dan. We got to meet her husband, Dan. And her hey, mom. ladies, may Christmas find you rejoicing in God's love and faithfulness. We are so grateful that God brought us all together and we hope you have a beautiful and restful Christmas with your family. Much love. She actually wrote in the card. So this is fantastic. I know. I love it. So I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas and, and Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy New Year to you guys. We actually did not do a program last Friday, did we? Mm -mm. We didn't. 
That's sad. Are you sure we didn't? Maybe we, we did last Friday. We just didn't do the live on Friday on. Right. We did a new. That was our New Year special. Yeah, and we we counted down the top stories. That's right. That was a really fun show. You guys should go check that out. It was a really fun show. It was actually fun rather than all this nasty. So speaking of fun shows, we did several impromptu shows this week. You guys can go check those out on resistancechicks.com. Coming up, though, um, on our our calendar here, I want you guys to be tuning in. We'll be Pete Santilli We're going to be on, yeah, Pete Santilli at 7 p.m. So Pete Santilli on Rumble. Eastern Standard Time on Rumble. And then with Liberty Warrior Nation... Is that going to be live or recorded? It was live last time. It might be live. I don't know. It was live last time at 8.15. So you guys can check that out or look for it. And then we will probably try to download those and upload those on our Rumble We also have one we are going to get out on Andrew Tate, um, possibly this week. I think we have enough cover um, to get it out there. Uh, You guys need to know that the conservative movement needs to stop getting behind sex traffickers and pimps. You know. Probably not a good idea. Exactly. Let's go ahead and look at a date where we can schedule this, Leah. Maybe we'll we'll schedule it for Tuesday night. Tuesday at 7. Tuesday night at 7 p.m. with Raw and Real with the Gibson Girls. If you guys mm. did not watch Raw and Real with the Gibson Girls, we've done two episodes so far. Mm-hmm. They've been phenomenal. Go and check those out. The third one is going to be literally the most raw and real one we have done thus far. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, also, I will advertise for that next time, though. We're going to have a very special guest and dear friend of ours on on the 16th. Our friend Jimmy, who is in ministry. He is absolutely phenomenal. Your His testimony, this is one of those shows you will not want to miss. And that will be Monday night, the 16th. Um, I haven't set a time on that yet, but... Um, I'm telling you what, guys, that one's going to blow your mind. So stay tuned for more on that for when that's going to air. But it's going to be live. You'll be able to ask questions. If you have children who have drug or pornography addictions, you will not want to miss this amazing, hopeful, and full of answers Mm. live show that we're going to do with our friend uh, Jimmy Alexander. So of uh, Lazarus. Lazarus Life Ministries. So, all right, we'll see you guys on Sunday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our world news. Thank you guys for being here. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. Uh, Wicked Psych says um, on here, Mom oh, Patriot Gallery's got some. Oh, that's right. Wait, wait, wait. Before I go anywhere, before I go anywhere, let me read some comments. And then um, Leah has uh leah tell them about patriot let me just pull let me take you up youtube so we have a kind of a youtube resistance chicks church and so far they don't flag mom's videos so we let her go and just do her thing um but she's got three videos this week and uh one of the best comments we got from the the what to wear to enter heaven the holy of holies was i listened to this on my lunch break and now i'm refreshed when you listen to my mom's blogs it, it doesn't even matter which one she reads to you. Um, you're going to leave refreshed. You're going to be leave filled with the Holy Spirit. I love them. It's like a soothing sauna. I'm not even kidding. I, I have why. listened to the um, what to wear to enter into the heaven, uh, into listened, heaven, the Holy of Holies twice now. Yeah, okay. 
Um, so she's got so she's got the, this side up, the right side up, part one, and this side up, the right part, uh, the the right side up, part two. And what she does when these two, when she breaks them in half, sometimes she'll do them all at once, sometimes and then edit them, uh, and then she edits them. So these are edited, so they're edited for time. Her albums are taken out, um, and so I encourage you guys to watch these. And just like when you're doing dishes or whatever, uh, I love. Um, the one with, we're going to talk about the pearly gates. We're going to talk about the umen and the thumen and prophetic words from God. And she puts it all together. Like in the first time, uh, this uh, right side up, you're going to see going down into the matrix. She'll bring, she brings in the, um, the Gesera and Asera. She brings in um, all, all the, the, the stuff that um, even some of the conservatives think that are that that's going to happen with the um, technology taking over. Uh, she breaks it down and she brings in the Word of God. So go check those out. And you um, can, they're not just on YouTube though. They're on all of our platforms. They're they everywhere where our videos are. You, mm -hmm. So wherever you normally tune into Resistance Chicks, you can also watch these videos. Yeah, if videos. you want. But she you, normally goes live on YouTube. And so if you guys want to subscribe, you can subscribe to Resistance Chicks Church. You're not going to probably see us going live there, but basically your gallery will be going live there you know we get asked a lot you know what what how, how are you guys the way that you are you girls are amazing and then thank you for saying that and, and then we always get asked and, and the, the the true answer is the power of god but the power of god that was displayed and instilled in us through our mom she is she is so full of wisdom so if you want to get to be where we're at then maybe go to the source where we've been going um, our entire lives, which is our mom, Patriot Gallery. So I want to encourage you guys to check those episodes out. I like to listen to my mom. I would speed her up to 1.25 because I feel like there's a little bit more of the <clears throat> in it. That's just my preference. But then it loses a little bit on the music that she plays. So I actually usually wait till the music is done and then I speed it up just a, a, a titch there. So it's got that more, you know, fire in it. So, all right, you guys. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Again, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's yes. actually the truth. And we will see you next time. Love you guys. When I was called.